back again on the True Jody podcast. Spencer, Owen, bit of confusion about your last name, we'll clear that up quickly. And your brothers, Seb and Saunders. Hi. He's back again. Yep, but I don't have a book to plug, so. Oh, Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Standard. Do you want me to sort that out? Yeah, <laughs> that would actually be really handy. Yeah. To, be, to be fair, we could, we could make quite a bit of money. Well, we'll see how yours does and then we'll, we'll gauge it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, YouTuber releasing a book, first stop. True Johnny podcast becoming sort of the standard thing to do. Why not? Why not? Do you know what I mean? My second, my second time. Yeah, second time. You were sort of you were the f- well, you were the, the second YouTuber we had on actually. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah, which was eventful. They count as one YouTuber. Actually, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I was watching back. I was watching yeah. back some of that first podcast, and you are literally not half the size, but you've decreased a lot in mass yeah. since that first one. Uh, you know, I, I think way, I've lost my two store now. Yeah. I think the phrase is deflated. That's the one. Yeah, Lena. Yeah. Lean, mean, fight machine. Yeah. Exactly. Are you meaner since that last podcast? No, no. You know, to be honest, I'm, I'm, I've, qu- I've made quite a bit of money since then, so I'm happier. Yeah. Um, really. You really go with all the, the social tropes of like, you know, um, you make more money, therefore you're more happy, all mm. these sorts of things. You go against everything. What do you mean? I don't think you're as happy. We'll talk about that. Later, <laughs> um, no, no, you, you, can, you can. No, it's fine. I've got some proper guests. We don't have one of those podcasts where we debate and the guests just go. Alright, that's tennis, yeah, yeah. So what's what's going on with this book? I've seen the the trailer, which was really good. Yeah, good seen fun. the series, which is good. Yeah, a little three part series. It's a really good, you know, it's it's a good really difference. good little comedy series, isn't it? Thank it's you. a bit like extras, but sort of shorter. And with YouTube people, it was scarily yeah. like a lot of the meetings I've had. You know, when they try to like pitch you as a YouTuber and that. Yeah, uh, it was really, really. I mean, I, I could tell you as a drawn from reality yeah we tried to t- I think we probably went like a bit further than what actually happens but yeah we tried to take the mic out much, of not, as, not, not that much though yeah, yeah, yeah. especially with some of the dumb fuckers that we've had Ge- no genuinely us in the past genuinely I do think there are people in the industry like all the people you've represented uh-huh. you oh think? yeah yeah sure, well certainly sure. yeah I mean yeah the, 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 there's opportunities that come about which you, you hear and you think god no but we, so we sort of took the mic out of that a little bit but then ultimately are actually doing a book, so we wanted to talk about that as well. But the, uh, I think the, no, I think the, the 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 character, the guy who's trying to kind of pitch the book idea, is based on some real that, people. That actually reminds me of the guy who sold the, the idea at Alfie to do his book. Um, <laughs> what you no, got? I'm not going to have what a book Alfie. Yeah. 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 You've moved on to the other one now. Imagine all of a sudden, I've got the views now. I'm back on it. Yeah. Look, all I'd say is, Seb, if you if you ever start vlogging your kids, you're in real trouble from Brian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Has there been uh, any backlash with that? Uh, yeah, quite a lot. This according Jolie, Daddy. Um, tweeted being like it's impossible to talk about me while I'm not in the room I was like fucking managed it so yeah. well um, many many times as I, well. I've had him a chat but um, silence at that point yeah. I was nice to Alfie but yeah I would legitimately rip his argument apart do you I, think I'm, I've got no horse in this race so I'm interested that do you think that um, if he was sitting here and he I'm not, I don't know his story I don't really watch their videos to be honest but if he was sitting here and he was defending his why he does what he does in the same way that Alfie did there was a way that you could come round to his school of thought as well no, you think it's I, in- I, I think with Alfie the reason why I completely got where he was coming from is I totally misjudged him and he's actually a really nice lad could and that I, not be the case with this guy I and, I, and I haven't got a problem with what Alfie does he's just rogging his life and he's a grown man doing what he does what I really enjoyed about that is that and a lot of the things that happen with your podcast I think even your appearance on it first time as well mm-hmm. is it gives people the chance to see another dimension to somebody like, mm-hmm. I now understand Alfie and I sort of had an idea as to why he mm-hmm. does what he does and it's very successful but it's so nice to see him talking about it in a different way like 
you see well, a whole other side yeah and that's, and that's what happened with, Alf, with me I was like alright he's an actually really nice lad and good luck with him but I fundamentally disagree yeah. with making a YouTube channel where almost 95% of it is having your little toddlers and babies in it Like it, it is a family channel though I mean let's it's not though it, it's a baby channel mm-hmm. it was a family channel mm. it's a baby channel sometimes now. I'll just throw a grenade in the room do you know what I'm saying <laughs> it, is, it is a family channel though do you know what I mean like, it, it is, it's not it's a baby yeah, channel you're not, you're not part why are people watching It's in my opinion it's, it's fucking it's, softcore porn for pedos that right. channel at this point have you uh, have, have you talked about like the um, what's it called like the Bellas and the yeah the tiara uh, thing yeah. have you seen these you brought this to my attention ages ago because you were like there's some channels on YouTube that are 95% dedicated to children yeah. and you said you're a bit concerned of what, what, why are people watching this do you know what I mean well I mean some of it just make I mean, again I don't you know, this is kind of journey stuff but I, I understand for what I understand of it is like telling the story of a family or what have you whereas some of this stuff is literally these grown people going around in like gimp suits <laughs> Pretending to be yeah. Spider-Man and Bella, or whatever her name is, it from is, Frozen. It is weird, but it's not even clever. Like it's not even constructed to be like a clever little story for kids. It's mm. like they're just holding things, going like, mm, like mime. In I don't know I, what it is. I sort of understand it, although apparently recently didn't they have a lot of their funding sort of pulled away that because they were told you've infringed on copyright mm. of all these well, characters yeah, massively. Yeah, so yeah. it took it away. I think they're trying to work out a way around it. But part of that was basically kids have an iPad and if they see Spider-Man and they see Bella then yeah, they'll watch okay. the video Elsa that's it Spider-Man and Elsa isn't it yeah, yeah. Elsa, yeah. And they, they don't, but they don't really care about but you think then the, the, the watch time might be different because yeah but I don't think it's realistic because if you sit your kid down with an iPad obviously yours is a little bit young but if you sit any of your kids down with an iPad they just sort of sit there and watch it do yeah. you know? mm. maybe they'll navigate around but most kids just go great I'll watch this for a little while yeah, until yeah, the parent yeah. comes over and goes let's put Peppa Pig on or whatever do you know what I mean what my, must my point in a nutshell in regards to like having kids on the internet Quality kids is we all have an obligation to protect children like by all means post a picture with your kid um, a little video here and there kids are going to be in a, in a, in a vlog every thank now you, and then this you. is part of life but when it's a 95% children dedicated channel we've all seen what happens to the child stars who are oblivious to what they're getting themselves into and when by the time they're 20 they're Lindsay Lohan they're Macaulay Culkin they're ending up with the way they do it, it's 95% of the time this is the way kids who end up in the spotlight go mm. Not not only that, you look at when what's happening right now, why the kids are there, why you put them in every single scene. Like, you, you, in my opinion, you want to try and hide your kids away from as much as humanly possible. How, how, how do you feel about dogs on Instagram? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that is it perverse. pisses me off when they've got a bigger Instagram following than I do. Yeah, that's what I feel. I about. feel like it's soft core porn for bestialists. The difference <laughs> only you would use the word bestialists. <laughs> Well, I, didn't that, I didn't even know what the word was for that. Is that the group? Would, is that the bestiality sympathizers? Yeah, bestiality sympathizers. <laughs> yeah, sure. ISIS. So what's in this fucking book anyway? What's yeah, let's talk it? about the book. No, Speaking it, of soft roughly. It's essentially don't right. give away the ending. No, okay, it's crazy. We've been twisted at the end. I'm actually a woman. No, and um, basically the uh, <laughs> the story is yeah. is essentially if I had to boil it down, I'd say you've you've mentioned it yourself in some of the next level commentary. How does someone who is not the world's best footballer by any stretch of imagination, not even the best footballer in my school, barely in the school team at some point, not even on YouTube, not even in my team, no, yeah. um, get to do the things I got to do? I've been really lucky to, uh, and Seb's been along with me on some of them. Son is always there behind the camera. Um, <coughs> getting to play at Wembley three times, getting yeah. to do all these things with hashtag, the, the kit deals, the, the sort of living, for want of a better word, the life of a footballer. I found this sort of loophole. How did it come about? So it's as much about what's happened since the kind of YouTube stuff 
went crazy for us. But also, before all that, certain decisions and things that I did and lessons that I learned. You've had some interesting jobs as well before YouTube yeah, that people sure. don't really know about, which yeah. is quite... Yeah, I've had some, some good jobs that I kind of chose to move away from. Um, and who knows what I'd be doing now if I hadn't yeah, made those you, decisions. You, you worked with Vincent Company yeah. closely, yeah. doing social media chauffeur. and stuff for him. Yeah. <laughs> what, did, what did you do with Vincent Company? Company? Yeah, that um, is actually quite a, is that concept still around? I don't think anyone did anything with it. I don't it. think anyone did anything with it. I edited it. There's anyone bringing back the car videos. That's what I thought. So when yeah. I saw, when <laughs> it's I saw footy George, writer. When I saw oh. Jordy <laughs> singing his car, I thought that's quite cool. But then I did remember what we tried to do with Vince Company. Yeah. I thought, oh, could we try to do this thing with Vince Company in his car where he'd like vlog on the way to um, training about three or four years ago, my yeah. ad. Maybe I edited that. that first video, yeah. actually. Yeah. yeah. So it hasn't been done. Didn't before. get picked up. So. No, no, no. Well, it did but, get picked up. It's just that uh, as we've. Yeah, we shouldn't make any comments about yeah. that company anymore. But some people make, <laughs> some people make poor content decisions. All right, let's just put it that way. Basically, though. that didn't go anywhere. But um, pre all that, I used to work with him. Um, my main job was like he, he didn't have any social media presence, um, which is as you know now, and this is like what five or six years ago now, six years ago now. So that was still relatively new. A lot of footballers were. Most doing footballers it, but, these days seem to be hiring people or trying to get yeah. involved on sort. So of I don't know how prevalent that was when I started doing it. It certainly wasn't like it is now. Especially not with a centre back for a team no. for, for a Belgian centre back. You wouldn't think like well, he's let's get a little it. bit different because he's kind of like the main. Certainly back then, the, the Belgian captain, the main man in in Belgium. It, it, this I started working with him the season they won the Premier League title 2011-12 yeah. and um, yeah and he's got a little bit more about him probably than some footballers you know I always say I can't remember if we talked about this in the last podcast but I, I always say that some footballers you meet and they like impress you with their sort of you know they've got a bit about them you think they're going to be like Gary Lineker well, Theo Walcott for example is really well spoken you, see, you can imagine him one day presenting something but when I met Vincent Company, I have, I just imagine he's going to be the Prime Minister of Belgium yeah. like, that's the level I put him on mm. compared he studies to the level like different languages and economics and stuff doesn't he well he so, so uh, he was at Anderlecht, he had an opportunity to go to a big club when he was 18, turned it down because they wouldn't let him finish his degree, because he was doing a degree. And then when he went to Manchester City after going to um, Hamburg, when I worked with him, he was doing, an, I think he was doing an MBA or whatever at Manchester Business School, he was literally going in after training, sitting around with 23-year-old kids. Wow. Yeah, he, he didn't need to be there, but he wanted to learn. So he's, he's got a lot about him, a lot about him. And, um, always no, a Belgian. I, I, he's always a Belgian. He's always a Belgian. So I worked with him and we set him up on social media. The actual um, title of my job was Conversation Manager. Wow. That's kind of what I'm doing right now. It was during the time of like wanky job titles, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I they've never liked it. It's got political. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think there's more people now do sort of do just like executive, blah, blah, blah. They do simpler job titles. Yeah. It's gone full circle. Yeah. It just shows that you're miles ahead, though. Like a lot of your ideas you had years and years ago, like hashtag and all that. You've had them ideas sitting around for years. Well, mate, hashtag you? wasn't your idea. Come on, mate. No, yeah. <laughs> We all know that. Yeah. <laughs> um, you're in the space, man. Well, you can well, <laughs> read, how read how about it. Feel in the book? To have all these ideas that you once were just like in the brain, and now all these years later, when uh, technology is able to catch up to what you were thinking about. No, but, I mean we have to be honest. Like the hashtag we talked about this on the last podcast, the hashtag idea that we were going to do a copyright is actually quite different to what it is. It's literally yeah, the name does. that remained. But we but, were going to do like, it has been done since uh -huh. by other people. We were going to do like a sort of a reality TV football club where the audience were going to vote and everything. That's not quite how hashtag United works. So it's easy to pretend that we had that idea earlier. We didn't really. It was more, in, in fact, a large part of what hashtag United has become, um, a lot of credit has to go to Seb because yeah. we, were, we were on a, uh, we knew we wanted to do a team. 
originally, I've always wanted to do football content. I've always wanted to, you know, I know you, I still do a lot of FIFA stuff and I love doing FIFA stuff, but it's very much wanted to use the kind of opportunity that FIFA and gaming gave to allow me to, to bring other content to my audience. Yeah. And hashtag United, we knew we wanted to do a football club. Originally, we were just going to run a team. We wanted to actually maybe look at going down the traditional routes of football, you know, to see how high we could get up the ladder, yeah. uh, not necessarily as a manager, but as a kind of owners of a team. But we then thought, you know what? For some reason, off the back of the Wembley Cups and whatnot, people love watching substandard players yeah. play football. <laughs> and we was like, how, how crazy could it be if we could become like one of the bigger clubs that is an amateur team that does not pretend to be like any special level of football, but just really uh, kind of uh, take it to the max and the experience yeah. you can get and use the audience to take them along on the journey. But we didn't know how we wanted to play it. We knew we didn't want to do Sunday League. We'd all played Sunday League. Uh, I've played Sunday League for 10 years. Half the boys have done it. Some of them played higher levels than that, some of you professionally. Some of them probably wouldn't get in some Sunday League teams. We've got a real different levels of squads, yeah. but didn't work for us because games get called off all the time, first and foremost. If you want to make a series, which to this date has had at least a game uploaded every two weeks for a year and a half, can't do that, especially in ends and off season as well. Can't do yeah. it in the off season. So 3G stops that. Filming in a stadium, which you don't really get to do if you're playing away games and Hackney Marshes, means you can film from high. It was quite important for us to make the games look quite nice. We wanted to try and be a middle ground, not necessarily Wembley Cup production levels, but better than just the side of the camera, not the side of the picture of the camera. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but we wanted to be a little bit of a step above. Um, and then equally, from a purely business perspective and legal perspective, unless you have permission and written uh, release forms from every single player you're playing against and you're also going to monetize that content, and there's a lot of stuff out there which if someone really looked into the paperwork would have to be taken off YouTube. Um, we didn't want to have that ever be able to be done with our stuff, so everyone that play, plays against us knows you know, this is, they've given their rights to be filmed, they're happy with it. Even in the next level league now, you know, we've got every single team in that league knows th what the league is about. We've played in five-a-side leagues before that we've vlogged and stuff, and people that maybe find out, hashtag are playing there, and they just basically don't like what we do, so they yeah. want to come and kick us. It's like, we want to get rid of all that, make sure everyone is, is understanding what it is. Still the things that make a great day out, actually, just come and yeah. kick hashtag. Yeah. Actually quite it's actually a red letter day. This is what I like we, doing we about it. YouTube. Like on podcasts, yeah. on podcasts, this is the sort of stuff that the people behind, like, watching don't get to know. Like, So when I became mates with you, I quickly realised, oh, your brother Seb is a massive part of what's going on on the business side of things. Yeah. You, you've got, like, a business background. You work with uh, your old man. Yeah. Uh, Mr. CB himself, who can't be unfortunately, we wish he was, yeah, but um, he's, uh, is he sat at home somewhere? Save him for another podcast, yeah. mate. Yeah, yeah that would actually DJ. be a good one. He <laughs> gave birth just to all of this. On the physio table. Um, I'll tell you what would be a great podcast without physio. mom. I, I know that, I know that for a fact. Um, we're actually we're waiting on my first female guest, so maybe the queen. I don't think she can handle it. Yeah. I don't think you can handle yeah, it. She likes me, doesn't she? Mothers like me, but anyway. Yeah, you had a business background working with your dad. Yeah. What did you think you learned from that and bringing that over into this YouTube world? I mean, it's tough really because it's been an interesting learning curve for me. My background is I've worked for companies in sales and then after that I, I created my own business and then went into business with my dad as well in mm. a completely different field. Uh, but my role in the company of my, with my dad is was sales. Uh -huh. I had to go out and bring the business in, win the big contracts, close the deals 
and he looks after the technical side of it. We had a solar panel business. And we have a solar panel business. Yeah, it's still, it's going, still, going, still it? goes. Promotion. Um, Car- Carmichael Brown's renewable energy. <laughs> this whole room's actually currently being powered for your, for your by solar, solar panel power needs. Power um, <laughs> so yeah, that sort of helped me with negotiation, but mainly with business development um, type roles. You've just got to be out there and talking to people and finding opportunities and trying to develop mm-hmm. things. So with all the stuff that we do, like a lot of people talk about YouTube and there's money to be made and all the rest of it, but. I'd be pretty confident to say that there's not many creators like Spencer or channels like his or ours that invest so much of the income that comes back in into the shows. Uh-huh. You know, so a lot of people do you do a sponsored deal and they say, oh, selling out, and then you see people buying flash cars and whatever, which is fine. Yeah. But some of the stuff like Hashtag United is a very expensive thing to run. You've got trips out to America and like, stuff. So, so every, for Things a shoot day for Hashtag United, yeah. um, like list some of the things that people that you need and camera guys like what do you yeah, need well, to I go think a lot that? of people first and foremost because we've had some press and stuff which is great um, oh. in different articles and a lot of them like to fixate on things like the sponsorship deals we've had but then what people that hear that they then think oh so if, for example there was a thing that said we had a six figure sponsorship deal right so they then think that that's profit Oh, but do you that, think you take them that to the yeah. bank? What they don't realise is, but before we had that I personally had paid for so many games uh-huh. at this point that I was massively out of money from Hashtag United. So first of all, you, the good thing is you get sponsors, you can recoup some of that. Yeah. And second of all, we then go to an America tour, we then do all these things, which, you know, we had a great sponsorship for that, but it didn't cover all the costs of it. Yeah. So we still have to put our hands in our own pockets. So basically, uh, yeah, like th- th- people don't necessarily understand that. We're not gonna, we don't wanna sit and talk about that and say, look, we deserve credit, we're doing all this. But it's just, it's, 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 it's good to sometimes make it, all the players and everyone know how it works. You know, yeah. we all know what happens. But yeah, for example, even at the very, I think we talked about this last night, even on the very first games we did, you're still talking multiple thousands of pounds just to do one game because you've got, f- elite, what, four guys in the crew. Yeah, you've got crew. Produ- producers, people like yeah, that. Yeah, then you've yeah, the, yeah. obviously the four cameramen, we have uh-huh. every single shoot. Minimum. An expensive DOP. Yeah, very. He's got to buy cheap. the camera gear as well. Yeah, she buy it. Saunders charges a fucking fortune. Yeah, we've all seen that. <laughs> it's worth it. Though, it's worth it. Yeah. We spent uh, we spent uh, a lot of money on uh, gear because mm-hmm. we knew we were going to do it a lot. So we didn't want to rent. When he it. says gear, he means uh, sort of camera. <laughs> camera. Just, yeah, yeah. How do you get like yeah. for a game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, we're all on performance answers. That's how we win. <laughs> <laughs> that's oh, why God. they're not in a league. That's yeah. That's the secret. The rules are flying around. Yeah. So no, he's got the gear, and then we've got obviously. Just obvious football costs at renting the stadium, paying the officials to do a fair job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> paying the officials, um, and uh, but then all the, all the other things, you know, we're getting people to places, all these other, you know, things like the tour are so expensive. Take twenty odd guys to two different places in America, mm-hmm. um, all the hotels and the costs like that. So we've been great. It's been amazing, and you know, if we can get to a point, which I think we're at now, where hashtag kind of pays for itself, that's that's the dream because. Mm-hmm. We made a sustainable football club, but that's not what we we didn't get in the hashtag to make money. We got into hashtag to in the, in the, in the short term, like live out our footballing dreams, but, but then also to build something. It's great if you can make money, and and from a business perspective, this this football team has made waves in the industry. Like what you have done now is. I mean, we know what it's like when you have something good, everyone wants to copy off you. Mm. And um, we're seeing hashtag now cause all these other people to start football teams because, and now there's a whole league, uh, the Next Level League, full of teams, and potentially that could be, I don't know, YouTube's version of the Premier League or something like that. Potential play is massive. So, user have led the way business wise by creating this. Um, I'm just wondering from your point of view, so you've gone from business with your dad and doing all the sales and then all of a sudden you're in meetings with Coca-Cola or people like that uh, what is it like to 
be at that level because you never really expected to end up there but then through yeah. what your brother's done you're now in this, in yeah, this so room. what is it like to, to do those meetings it's great I really really enjoy it um, we're very lucky that the audience support the content in such a way mm-hmm. that we're fortunate that we've got a product that we can talk to those guys about people like Coca-Cola Umbro's your top 11's and we can explain what we've got and they obviously see it themselves and yeah. a lot of them approach us my, my background, I did um, get to do some big deals with some big companies you know, for, for a decent sized contract. So mm. I had a bit of a background in that, but it is entirely different. Yeah. When I'm sitting in a room full of, um, a boardroom full of guys that are 60 plus years old, talking about you know, renewable energy power solution uh-huh. versus talking to a room of you know, marketing execs from other places, it's a completely different conversation, but I absolutely love it. But you know, we are lucky that you know, the ideas and the content that we've got is in a good position that you know those guys are up for it and we, we, we're very grateful for their support it's true and we said earlier you know, about so it was a massive part of it when we first had the idea of how we were going to do hashtag and how it was going to work and the sort of you know we get a bit of stick for it from some people but giving ourselves this sort of division structure at least in this first chapter of what hashtag united is has given us a a uh, a target it's given us a story which we you know is completely malleable based on our performances but it means every game means something, at least to us. Mm. But then equally, a massive part of it, which you know, is not to be undervalued, is Saunders. Because, and, and also his, 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 his team of guys that, that help make it all. Because it's all very well having the idea. It's all very well saying, I want to do this, I want to do that, I want to do that. But you actually need to put it into practice. Yeah. And you know, I, I, I don't think I've edited a single Hashtag United game at any point. I've, I've, had, a, I've had a part in them, yeah. sure. I I'm, obviously do the voiceover, Saunders gets them to a certain stage, and I say, right, Maybe let's, let's, let's get another highlight in. I remember there was this shot that went over the bar. Right. I did it, so we need to put something of me doing it. Saunders' background is you, you've literally been the whole time in this game. It's like Since I've known you, you are, you are working with TFR. You've worked with pretty much worked with everyone. At what point, because you were going through this transformation when I first seen your videos of you'd been making different kinds of videos, and then you were like, all right, rebrand. This is what we're going to do moving forward. And then you became... A massive YouTuber would seem like within six months. It's incredible, really, how Seb has built a career off two medium-sized stars. <laughs> First of all, the sun, and then. <laughs> At what point did you, Saunders, did you realise like, me brothers fucking made it? Like that's it. Was there a was there a moment when you knew? Well, to be honest, my sort of uh, inspiration and aspiration for Spencer and Seb mm. had came years and years before any of. Spencer City, hashtag United, there's lots of stuff you boys have both done that have been very impressive and amazing, so that's, where it kind of, it's been a very progressive, oh look, so now he's nice doing, brother, you can tell, can't you? Yeah. He's the nice one. He's yeah. the nicest he's the way guy. He such nice things, and he won't do this himself, but I'm going to do it for him. Some of the stuff you can see, if you go on Saunders' channel, a lot of people say this, the most underrated YouTuber out there. His oh, yeah. stuff, Saunders says, oh, yeah. I'm going to plug for him because he won't do it himself, so <laughs> check that. Check I was going to get out of that, don't worry about <laughs> it. Um, I see you two directing the podcast, this yeah. is my show. Right? Conversation, <laughs> What's it like being the most talented but least appreciated brother? <laughs> no comment. Yeah. Um, but back, back to your question, Brian. Um, was there a moment where you were like, oh, this is it, Like we're, we're off to the races here? <laughs> I mean, to it, before I was before I was really involved, the first Wembley Cup was like wow, like especially yeah. up to the game itself. But afterwards, like the stats and stuff that came out of it, and like how many people had watched it. I think it was one stat that was like on the after post stream or something. It had equal to or more views than the Champions League final or something. Oh yeah, and I was like, what? Yeah. That is amazing. Yeah. Like then suddenly you get this massive realization of the world that you're working in and how big it is and then suddenly like working in TV and film doesn't really appeal to me as much anymore mm-hmm. and then this is like because you be. had a you had a steady job yeah where you are you're underappreciated 
and you walked away from that and you wanted to do your own thing you sort of a bit like what Spencer did at his initial YouTube channel that you were working mm. with and now you're off doing your own thing you, you are like a travel vlog specialist now really like you make some of the best looking videos that there are on YouTube and I'm not just fucking saying it it's the truth um, is that your in, like your journey is that where you want to carry on going I mean I'm, I'm in a little bit of a uh, crossroads at the moment because I enjoy both so much but mm. there's not so I'm having to, I'm sort of juggling at the, at the yeah. moment and figuring out how to be as the best I can at both um, which is working at the moment and I, I'm almost like scared to think about what the future is because I like I like this the present yeah. as, too much um, but yeah like you said going from the very like security of like a production office job you know five days a week or whatever that's bottle to leave that mate and I have to owe a lot of that decision to, to you Spence because we were working a little bit together on the stuff that you were doing for TFR when I was there mm. Um, for Fremantle and I think it was one trip we went to I think it was Lithuania yeah, 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 yeah. and we had loads of time to kill we ate some weird mushroom soup which was like literally inside a loaf of bread yeah, it was like weird. and then uh, we were just chatting about what was going on and we, you sort of said well if, would you think about coming to do some stuff with you and the more I thought about it I, I was very much at that point desperate to have a little bit more time to be able to start doing my own channel because I knew that I wanted to like do something with it. And, so says for anyone. Uh, links in the description. Thank you very much. Mm. Um, and you and you massively gave me an opportunity to be able to work with you more closely, which is what I was really enjoying doing in that capacity, in a bigger capacity, mm. and also have more time to do my own channel. And not to mention be around you both for the constant support and advice on how to grow my own channel. Mm. This yeah, I mean, yeah. can easily turn into an everyone pat each other on the back contest, but the, the reality is it's all been mutually beneficial. There's yeah. not been any situation where but, but any one of Spencer, us has like benefited you, more than you the other. Grabbed the lads, so. You grabbed the lads, so. You grabbed the lads from where, where you were headed and were like, all right, we're going to make this a family thing. And, and Alex as well. Alex is yeah, yeah, completely yeah, involved in it. That is true. It's a family business, it is, isn't it? And it's great. But at the same time, it's n I never at any point been um, like sort of nepotism or anything like that where I'm like, you know, oh, I could get someone else, but I'll get my brothers in. They're really good at the jobs. Like it's, it's, it wasn't like, oh, Sauna needs to get out of his job. Let's help him out. It was like, I wanted Saunders to come help me more than anyone else. You've I never knew. been a money guy. As long as like, I'm, I'm much more money orientated than you are. Like you've got way more money than me and you ne you'd never flash it. Like you're not that type of lad. Is there a reason for that, do you think? I honestly don't care about money very much. I See, me and Seb are a lot more like, <laughs> yeah. we, we chat about money and Seb will ring us up and goes, how much do you want for a brand deal? I'm like, as much as I can get me fucking grubby little hands on. Sometimes Seb, you know will, just, I mean? Seb will just call me at 3am and just go, how much money have you got? And I'll go, Seb, don't, not now. He just likes to chat about no, but money. I, I, it's just I weird. Yeah, that's to it's Seb, good, if there's anything Spencer doesn't want, just yeah. ring me. All right? That's why it's quite a good little double act that mm -hmm. Seb and I have on the business side. Which that it, not that there's a negative to it, but we're quite different. Like Seb, yeah. Seb's uh, maybe seeing more of a commercial side to things. But... It's easy for me to say now I'm not money driven. I know people in the comments are not going, oh, of course you're not money driven, but that, any of these boys will tell you that's not your money. It's an opportunity to come in. Like, but even before all that, like, <coughs> you know, and we do talk about it in the book, like the jobs I had even for Vincent Cumbie was really well paid for mm -hmm. a 22 year old kid. I was 22, 23. Um, and I didn't have another job. When I left that job, I left for nothing. I left to have nothing else. And people like Seb were telling me I was an idiot. In fact, every single person I spoke to, bar one guy, told me I was an idiot. Yeah. Said, don't do it. And I'm not sitting here trying to go, what a great move it was. Because when I did it at the time, it wasn't like I knew where I was going to. Basically, I, I, I'd done the job for nine, 10 months. Um, I, I think I'd done quite a good job at it. They really liked me. 
but I didn't physically want to do that role anymore. What it was with the Vincent Company job was the job on paper for a young lad who loves football was a, a dream. I was going to Man City games, I was sitting in this box every single match. I was meeting all the Man City players, Balotelli, Tevez, Yaya Torre, all these guys. Great. But then take all that away, the day-to-day -day what I was doing based out of my flat in London at the time was just something that wasn't very creative. It wasn't very, it's, if, you, if you want to work in that industry, it's unbelievable people to work for an opportunity. But I wanted to make stuff. I, wanted to, I always wanted to make stuff. I've been doing YouTube by this point for a few years already. I was on, on the sort of comedy stuff. I was still doing some stand-up at this you point. You do comedy? We've been through this, Brian. And uh, I used to, yeah. And, uh, so that is a surprise, I've got to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never get sold. I used to go to a stand up comedy gig with Spencer where there's maybe four people in the room. Yeah, they've gone years and years ago, <laughs> student comedy gigs. Couldn't fact, get a late, couldn't get nothing. In fact, in that series we talked about for the book, I actually got a lot of the old boys from that involved. Yeah. So, Mark Smith, who mm. plays the photographer, the sort of sleazy photographer, he was at the Oxford Gong Show. I think mm. you came to one of my first ever gigs and I met him first time. Reece James, who helped yeah. write it. Uh, we used to, I knew his brother because we both had student radio shows at uni. And he's, he hit me up because he wanted to get into stand-up. He was really young. He was like 17 at the time. Reese is quality now. He goes on like Mock the Week and all this stuff. TFI. So, yeah, TFI is on the TFI quite a lot. So um, Can we not? Yeah. Yeah, so basically... <laughs> Dead to me. If you go back to that, that, that job I had, I was like, you know what? I want to leave and it's really hard to leave like and I mentioned this in the, in the book the guys made it really hard for me to leave in terms of like not in a bad way but like there may be some really good offers and stuff to stay but I really wanted to go I didn't know why but I wanted to have the, the, the do you not think you've got to take risks in life though because I, I mean yeah. when I left my apprenticeship when I left diving the people thought I was fucking losing me more yeah. I was like, but I think if you've got a, a feeling like you get up every day and you're not fulfilled like you just feel like what well, yeah and, and, and the days turn into weeks and the weeks turn into mm. years and you're like when the fuck is life going to start happening but if, if you're sitting watching this video and you feel like this like you gotta gotta think that sometimes it's worth rolling the dice oh, it? oh, this is this is the whole thing i'm trying to like put put across there it's not so much that i had all the ideas obviously there's loads of little bits of luck that have come my way and time when you work hard yeah, the well, luck happens, doesn't it? Thing, I think like you put something out there that you want to make something positive happen, and, and it, sooner rather than later it does. But yeah. like, if I had to explain to you what my day-to-day -day life was when I was working for a company, you would not believe why I left the job. Like, it was, I was contracted to work four days a week, but I was quite good at it, and I was able to get my work done pretty efficiently. Mm -hmm. So basically, I lived in this um, house in uh, in Angel with a load of guys. It was a four-bed house. We had eight of us living there, all sharing rooms because it was a really nice house. But we we had really cheap as a result of how many people we had living there and I used to go gym every day I used to play football manager mostly basically all day sorry Vince I got my work done I got my work done he was happy with it but on paper you'd be like for a 22 year old kid I've like lucked out here yeah. but uh, it wasn't fulfilled I wanted to be doing other stuff I could have easily smashed out YouTube videos made really made it go with my channel or done more stand up or whatever whilst doing that job but my mind wouldn't let me my mind was like I'd, it wouldn't be the right thing to do to like build a second career off someone else's back so I was only letting myself do basically things that weren't helping Commitment's important as well though, you, you have to like, when, once I said, because I made like that YouTube video in 2000, I think it was 2013 when I made my first video. Nail Ranger like the, the Nail Ranger one. But it was only in 2014 when I went, all right, I'm actually gonna do this now and do and as, as a job, I'm gonna try and do it. Like, you have to sort of close the door. Yeah. On like, so that was when I closed the door and dive and I went, I'm never going back and that's it. And until then it's sort of, you can't really kick on. Mm. Sometimes getting sucked from a job or something, it seems like shit, but it's actually like a Absolutely. good thing. Yeah, it was um, about the fear, isn't it? It's all about friends. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, when uh, Jennifer Aniston's character doesn't want to leave the coffee shop, coffee shop and they say, you need the fear, you need to give yourself the fear. So when I left the company, I had the fear, I had no job, I had no money coming in. Uh -huh. I, I'd, by this point, I was living in a flat with Alex and um, <coughs> I was doing a little bit of freelance uh, camera work and editing, but not enough to pay the rent. I remember you saying to me that you've got enough money to give it this many months. Yeah. Yeah. Right, so we've got yeah. enough for security, therefore I can try this. My this plan was basically, I had like, I, I could, off the money I'd earned when we were in so I had about maybe four, four or five months worth of rent. I could pay and after that I was going to be an issue where I was going to just see how those four months went and if it didn't go well then I was going to either continue trying to do what I was doing and move home with my parents which I was lucky enough to have yeah. the option to do or I was going to sack it off and go and get another job. I love, I love stories like that like uh, Michael Bisping once slept outside of uh, a gym in his car for like six months. Yeah. Like, I love it when people like Mankind stuff in book a wrestling book when he used to like travel to yeah. wrestling gigs like sleep in his car because he couldn't yeah. find I, I, I love it when people just it, sacrifice and give it a real go mm. and then it, it pays off and, and usually when you you basically back yourself into a corner where there's no choice but either succeed or I'm totally fucked. It's kind of a good thing. Yeah. It's dangerous and sometimes it doesn't work out and you know you see the guy who's like 50 still living outside the gym or whatever. But sometimes it does. And when it this works, is the crazy great. thing is that like so a month, maybe a month or five weeks into the unemployment Copper 90 got invented. Yeah. And I knew the guys who um Cheers, Google. Running, I knew the guys who were running it because they ironically I'd worked with that company and another company and they'd also introduced me to Vincent Company. <laughs> so all my jobs in many ways have come through them. It's all company then, um, based, isn't it? It's all company <laughs> based. And then Chat so the book, company I, I was the yeah, second yeah. employee in Copper 90, they called me in and we did that. But then about a year after that, or maybe a year and a half after that, I quit that job. Yeah. And it's the funny thing is so I've done Vincent Company, I've done Copper 90, but about a year and a bit after that, I was working for Seb and my dad delivering solar panels. True, forgot about that. And people would say, hang on, you worked for a company, you were doing this stuff in Man City, producing shoots that had like, I mean, it wasn't just doing Twitter, I was producing Q&A things with like 20 guys five years older than me, way more qualified, but they're working for City, but because I was working for Vince, I got oh. to run those things. Then I was doing Copper 90, making shows that, you know, was doing really well, some shows more than others, but like getting them, helping them get recommissioned and getting some money from Google that allowed the whole thing to keep going and whatnot. All these things, like, and I had people working under me at Copper Night and stuff, and then, one, then I quit to go and, well, originally I went and did these festivals, I sort of presented at these festivals, and then when that finished in the summer, I was, I was delivering solar panels for their, their company. Bloody get it there, mate. Mm. I got that, <laughs> didn't I? Didn't lose a single damaged. panel. Slick. And he'd walk away when he go, don't go changing. I'm on the way. So you've got a channel as well, mate. Yep. Yep, I've got you a channel. Golf channel. Seb on golf, yeah. You're now getting opportunities to go into the open and things like that, aren't you? Yeah, so I did my first live interview with uh, Rui McIlroy. I've seen that. Last week, yeah. What was that like? It's difficult, you know. The guys were brilliant, but it was the first time I've ever done anything really like presenting, and certainly with like the live thing in, in the year, yeah. mm -hmm. like you do and I, my live and all the other stuff. And um, the thing that made it most difficult was there was a producer called Seb on the other end. Oh, they kept saying, Seb, Seb, and I'm not used to hearing other people called Seb. So the whole time I was like trying to figure out what was going on. It was tough, but I think it's it just mental that like, those micro decisions that you made have now got you with Rory. Hang on a minute. Obviously, obviously, we're winning the Trooper Tour twice. I mean, I taught him how to play golf. No, but what I mean is like obviously your talent, but you've obviously brought the eyes to Seb now, and now Seb's getting opportunities for it. Um, what was Rory like? Things, it'd be, just to go into that, it would be easy for someone to say that and then Seb go on this live stream and make an absolute mess of himself. Oh, yeah. He wasn't any good yeah, at it, do you exactly. know what I mean? Same with Saunders as well. Like, these guys have very, no, you've very got to be good. Do. Yeah, exactly. If you're not good, it doesn't matter who the hell helps you out. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, there are some YouTubers mm. who yeah. defy that. But pretty much, do you know what I mean? I think and you've actually surprised me with uh, how nice. natural you are. 
So Seb's doing on YouTube with golf what hasn't I don't think it's really been no, done before, which actually isn't. appeal to like people that maybe not necessarily interested in golf, but now they are. Like that's massive. That's sort of the plan. I mean, that's huge. Golf is a tough one because you know YouTube has an element of a younger audience to it, and golf naturally is an older person sport. Yeah. So um, and it comes across as. Um, a little bit of an elitist sport yeah, as well. Does, like yeah, I don't, there's a lot of money in golf, apparently, mm. from what I've been told. That, that's that's the problem. Is that it is like a, an elitist. You know, people trying to sell watches to like a 60 year old guy who spends X yeah. amount of thousand on a golf membership. So trying to change it. I mean, um, I sort of my idea with my golf YouTube channel is to not make golf golf content. Where there's guys out there who are already doing that. Rick Shields, Pete Finch, me and my golf. I'm trying to make YouTube content about me like a golf about golf shooter. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, golf theme to it yeah so mm, I do yeah. that challenge it comes stuff. through yeah the boys have been on it you've been on it once still waiting for my first actual collab as you well know mate that's going to cost you yeah I don't want to play golf <laughs> exactly. I imagine I you standing in the mirror yeah you did you actually did quite well I'm actually for someone that never plays golf I'm not terrible an amateur will often I was actually furious at the end of that day because me and the guys filmed that for you and Spencer like on the first tee shot you actually hit quite a good shot and I was like that's the one thing I have is that I'll be better at golf than Spencer yeah 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 he did really well, to be fair. Natural sportsman, eh? But, um, yeah, golf is, is for me, is uh, someone that doesn't play golf, really. Like, there's a couple of reasons I don't play golf. One is, it's not very efficient. I like to be efficient, so it's like, I like squash. If you play for 40 minutes, you get a massive sweat and you burn loads of calories. Whereas ten, uh, golf, you might it's walk around the course for five hours. He's changing it. It's different sport. I was going to say, the great, the great thing for you is you can intensely walk between the balls, so you okay. can sort of go between, between your shot. No, no, but when you need to get to, you, you're not going to score a hole in one every time, mate. You're not going to play. You're not King John. Yeah, exactly. It's not about strength to score a hole in one. Have you ever played golf? Yeah. I, I hit a golf ball once. Um, it just there was a lad. Like, <laughs> yeah. There was a lad walking around the streets, like on a council estate, with a golf club and a golf ball. But do you know when he like, you see someone walking around with a golf club and they look a bit like, what you kind of do with that oh, <laughs> around here? Yeah. I sometimes you... walk the dog and take him to this little park nearby, and I take a golf club just practice swings and stuff, <coughs> and running around. And you do get a few looks, like yeah. This is but yeah. so I would. Well, excuse me, mate. How many are you taking? Like, I take seven iron. Yeah, I was. I was like, passes that, mate. I'll have a whack, and then I, I, I whack the ball, and it hit off a tree and came right backwards and hit us in the arm, and it really hurt. Oh. And uh, and you knew in that moment you I was like, golf. it's not for me then. Yeah. pretty much. Were you like, wearing like a string vest at the time and just sitting in your front garden, <laughs> you're sipping beers? No, but I was uh, I was about twelve. Okay, yeah. so it wasn't like a sort of weird, unemployed environment where you were just sort of like... You get a lot of child yeah. prodigies in golf though, don't you? Because yeah, you yeah. it's one of those sports Tiger where Woods. if you haven't done it from like really, really oh, young, yeah, yeah, you're yeah. not going to make it to that elite level. Well, this is what I was said to him, so so Seb mentioned it a minute ago, Trilby Tour, it's the, it was the world's biggest amateur golf tournament, right? Mm. Seb's the only person in the history to win it twice. It's on Sky Sports every summer. I assume that. So when he won it the first time... Yeah, and then by this point he's been playing golf for a little bit and he's getting some good scores like his handicap's getting real low and I, and this is probably before YouTube sort of went like a bit crazy for me I was doing it as a job but I wasn't really doing anything with it like I wasn't I was barely paying for <coughs> rent so I just see this guy my brother who's who's obviously very good at a sport way better than I'm ever going to be at any particular sport uh-huh. and I'm like there's no, there's no part of you that wants to just to sack everything in and just play golf all day to see how good you could be- get but it's completely different isn't it between the worlds of professional yeah. and amateur I mean I get to play in some professional events as an amateur and you see like kids that are like 16 years old mm. that are so so good I only started golf when I was 21 after mm. university and they're already better than I am now and they're at 16 so they've got well I'm 31 now 
So they've is got it, a huge advantage. Is that what happened to Tiger Woods? That was he was a child. I mean, he's he's you know, there's a lot said about Tiger Woods, and it, the thing that frustrates me about Tiger is the generation now, like the up and coming generation. All they know of Tiger Woods is the whole scandal side. Yeah. Whereas what I know of Tiger Woods is literally one of the most inspirational top to them. ever. Uh, what he's done, he, uh, no one's no one's ever ever dominated a sport like he has. Like, Do you ever. not think though, like um, in a lot of sports, uh, like. Or if you look at Mike Tyson and fighting and that, like people who reach that like elite, almost crazy good level, mm. have that crazy in 100%. them in general. If you look at so general people like Steve twist, Jobs, twisted genius, like you have to it? be a little bit warped to be able to be that good. Cause you have to dedicate so much of your life mm. that you're going to miss out fundamentally. Particularly if you do it from a child age, yeah, you miss out. Yeah, because you're sick yourself. Yeah. Yeah. You also don't really. Some some of those kids don't know though. So I, I get the feeling Tiger Woods was pushed from a very young age, and it was sort of always part of his life so he never really knew anything else mm. but to get to that level yeah. you have to almost uh, it's obsession like uh, the people who wake up in the morning and the first thing they do is open their eyes and then they think about like, golf or yeah. whatever and, and then every single second in between that and going back to sleep it's golf 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 and I think that that's what you've got to be like to be great at anything really you've got to do that by a certain time in your life they I say there's a 10,000 yeah. hours of deliberate yeah, practice yeah, yeah. that as well yeah. and all that type of stuff. you start young you get to those 10,000 hours quicker the um that documentary on Netflix is a short game. It's all about yeah, the kids, really kids nice. that play. It's like Anna Kornikova's little brother. Like, yeah. Yeah, and he's like eight and he's way better than... He probably beat you. He basically wakes up. The documentary is so well shot. If you don't like golf, you'll love this. You'd, you'd absolutely love this show. Um, it follows these kid prodigies playing like the under-8s world championship. Take it really seriously. Sikori Jolly's got a new idea. There you go. Uh, Elaine Kornikova, <laughs> who's Anna Kornikova's little brother, he's he basically it. wakes up at 6am, has his PT, goes to the golf course, Jesus. does short game for like an hour and a half, Goes to school, comes back, works in his putting. He's like eight. And he's won like the World Golf Championship. I think he's probably like 12, 13. <laughs> so now, consistently yeah. been winning it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, golf is a bit of a different sport. You, it's not like riding a bike so much. If you feel like right now, I've had, obviously had my little girl recently. I've got the Troubadour again next week. Right? Uh -huh. I'm so out of practice. It's not the kind of game you can just, you know, go in and just be good at it again. You have Let's to keep talk about playing what is it like being a dad then? How's that changed you? It's so amazing. Yeah. I mean, it is brilliant. I, I, you know, with the stuff I do with Spencer and um, well, you feel the guys, like yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're so so busy all the time, which is which is great. Um, and it, it's been like a, a whirlwind, really. You know, it's it's been three. What weeks was it like the um, the first moment that you held her? Well, there's a funny story about that. So I don't know if I've told you this yet, mm. but I had a bit of a Rodney Trotter moment. So <laughs> I'm not I'm not fantastic with uh, with like, looking at blood and things uh -huh. like that. By and that he means terrible. Yeah, terrible. So uh, if I like give blood, then I'll maybe feel like a little bit faint, need some sugar. Yeah. I was determined for some reason to see the miracle moment and see the baby come out. And yeah. We had quite a quite a grueling labour, shall we say? Uh -huh. um, we so did. I, did yeah, we? yeah. Teamwork there. Yeah. yeah. And my wife Gina did most of the work. Yeah. Um, and he was just standing there the whole time yeah. doing that. <laughs> you can do it. <laughs> so so anyway, long story short, um, it was quite a long labour. There was quite a bit of blood, mm. and at the moment, I passed out. Yeah. And I fell and smashed my head in a radiator. Fucking hell, seriously? Cold, yeah. They had to get, they were like, had people around me more than they were tending to my wife. They're like, you've got to go to A&E. Stole a thunder. I woke up just in time to cut the cord. Brilliant. Thank God. But yeah, no, that's all right then. You, you quite pathetic. Know. My wife had done 31 hours of labour. Then I'm like, oh, blood. Uh, <laughs> but when Please you held her, um, what was that like? Uh, I mean, surreal, to be honest, because um, everyone tells you it's going to change your life, you're going to see things differently. And it's not like this 
like massive epiphany moment where all of a sudden you're like, oh, but you do just feel differently. Mm. Like you just feel this protective instinct. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm finding myself doing things around the house now that normally I'm like, oh, I can't be bothered to change the bed sheets or sort this out. You got a bit I more. Want to do stuff uh, and look after things a bit more. He's odd. It's odd. What about oh, during the night? Do have instincts? Right. I think we're quite lucky. I think she's compared to what other people have said to me. She's sleeping like fairly okay. Um, but yeah, you do you do adjust. I'm probably running on an average now. It's just increased a bit now, maybe three or four hours a night. But it's like <laughs> you do just that. adapt. Yeah. You do just adapt. like I don't. You don't feel like. If you have one all-nighter where you've got three or four hours, you're going on holiday, you're getting up early for something, you feel pretty awful all day. You do that for like a week yeah. and then your body just feels normal again. I don't know how you play like for hashtag after like three hours sleep a night. If I have three hours, I'm well, not sure you're going to play the day. hashtag, mate. You might <laughs> <understand>. <laughs> yeah. we, played yeah. that, we did the Optostats game, what, 48 yeah. hours after she was born? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what's, goals. what's it like for you watching them become a dad and that? Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, it sounds really cliche and like the obvious thing to say, but when we actually first met Penelope, I think it might be the same for you, but actually like holding it, it, it was like you meet fr- babies that are friends' babies, things like that, and it just is no way the same. Like, I, I almost felt like a connection, yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. even though it's like, yeah, so it was amazing. Did you f- feel like a pot, like instantly like a part of us sort of thing? Like? I was just like, how many years is it acceptable before I put a camera in her hands? So <laughs> yeah. I was thinking, yeah. hands, not on us. No, just, I, you can feel I don't mind photos or videos, it's fine. I just yeah. don't want every single shit she does uploaded to YouTube. Yeah. That's it. Do you understand? I've had the same yeah. chat from my wife. My yeah, wife's yeah. like, absolutely not. Um, yeah. I've got this big hope that she might be like my client. Mountings partner when she's at 18, <laughs> but I don't think Gina's gonna let me do that. <laughs> what about you? What did you think when you seen that old Sebi? Yeah, I mean, it was great. I was sort of following the updates on the text. We were texting each other because it was, like I say, it was quite oh. a long labour. But then, yeah, it's, it's, it's great to see. I mean, Seb's, it's been something that you've been, I think, ready for, like, wanting to do for I a long think time. The daughter suits him as well. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. I'm interested to see the development bit, yeah. because if we had been a boy, it definitely would be in. Probably had a golf club in his hands already. <laughs> Girls play golf. Not gonna lie, have a chat on that route. Have had a chat with about her stance already. Yeah. Right-handed, left-handed. I think she's gonna have to be right-handed, yeah. left-footed. Can you tell that? Can you tell that by now? Like, yeah. they can decide. The parents can decide. Yeah. I'm right-handed, left-footed. Yeah, same as it. My, my dad. It's good for the old kick and then the right hook as well. Yeah. But anyway, I mean that's exactly why Seb's doing it. Dad does. Dad has always said to me that I did start picking up things. I'm left-footed. Did start picking up things on my left hand, and he would just immediately move it to my right. Really? So I think I'm a fake right-hander. I think I should wow. be left-hander. So wow. you can be ambidextrous? Definitely not. Okay. You see my right foot. I play, squ- <laughs> yes. I play squash ambidextrously, though. That's interesting wow. fact. I, 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 change, I don't go back and but I change But there's some people who they claim they can be both-footed and then you watch them with their yeah, own yeah, yeah, no. foot. I was not yeah. playing squash with his feet, mate. I mean, yeah. that's outrageous. Darrell, our friend who's a pro squash player, he plays golf left-handed, but then he's a world-ranked PSA Tour squash player right-handed. That's so wow. weird. Which is quite weird. It could, I mean, you could train yourself to swing in a different way with a golf club, couldn't you? Well, that yeah. feels, uh, just what feels what unnatural. What about Spencer? When the fuck are you going to settle down and have kids now? I, even if he was on the radar, I don't know how I'd physically do like it, to be honest. It's, yeah. it's super busy. Like, um, It's not something that's on You're putting on the back burner for a bit. Yeah, in the back burner. Yeah. Well, it's until when hashtags sort of begin to, and you need a little, oh, 
there we go. Bring the family into it. Do you know what I mean? We got Murray's. Exactly. When Spandex going to be born? Baby Spandex. God, no chance in school. Boy named Sue. No, yeah, I don't know. Don't know. I haven't got an answer to that question. To be honest, might as well ask. So you know, is your missus not pressurising you in that? Because for a lot of women, I don't know how how old Alex. Same age as me. Yeah. So women, I've noticed that women in general. They get to a certain age where they're sort of their biological clocks ticking and they start mm-hmm. being like Broody. When are we getting engaged? When are we getting married? And when are we having kids? <laughs> At least that's what they say to me, just <laughs> like that. Yeah. On uh, the I was only giving me a quid, I just yeah. wanted you to go get yourself a sandwich. I said a latte, please. Um, <laughs> So she's not putting pressure on you yet, no? <laughs> no, to be fair, we, we've reached that age now where we get a lot of our friends are getting married. A couple of the hashtag guys have been getting married recently. And I've, and yeah, I noticed things. Boltwood popped the question as well. Shout yes. out Boltwood. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Adam Boltwood, another person does a lot of work behind the scenes. Uh-huh. Um, so no, to be fair, Alex, Alex and I, are, in, in all senses of the word, are, are quite a strong partnership. We do a lot of things together, decide a lot of things together. I think, I can't speak for her, obviously, but we have a lot of conversations about that sort of things. I've, what I've learned about myself in the last probably four or five years is that I'm not intentionally but I'm very anti-traditionalist not that I have a problem with tradition or I don't have a problem with other people doing tradition but I'm a big overthinker and and every single time something is suggested to do something because it's the thing to do I kind of rebel against it a little bit internally Mm -hmm. so that may change as I get older and whatnot, but for me, I, every single decision, just like we're talking about the decisions I made when I was leaving jobs and whatnot, I overanalyze everything to the nth degree to the point where when I make a decision, I know I'm 100% back <coughs> in it. And if it goes wrong, now sometimes decisions do, I can always say, look, I did all the maths on it. I, I was yeah. really happy with it. And I think a lot of people, um, not necessarily, this is not necessarily the case for, for many people, but I think there's a lot of people out there who just feel like they get to a certain age and they have to do this next step yeah. and it has to be done. And I think actually with women in general I think that um, some of them are grown up from a young age and especially in our generation all these Disney shows and all these things about the perfect mm-hmm. wedding and do any of them actually ever stop and think is this for me because yeah. it certainly is for a lot of people but no, it might not be for others Regina and I were together 10 years before we got married yeah. we got married in our 10th year together and I had the similar thoughts to you and I often wonder whether there's like or a lot of us have a lot of similarities I wonder whether there's like a, a process we all go through mentally we're all different as well but I, at your age, felt exactly the same. Like at your age, I was just starting to propose to Gina. Um, You're preparing to propose. Yeah. 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 Like, it's like, it's like a Liverpool bet bid for Naby Keita. They're still preparing another bid. Yeah, They're yeah. preparing it for a week. It's like, it's not ready yet. It's coming. But we yeah. are conditioned, like, even as much as like we're all blokes here, like everyone was brought up on the Disney fucking movies and that. Like you, you grow up, you, ha- you get married, you have kids. Like that's sort of. And there are so many people I know who have kids, and I go, "What the fuck? You like you're so selfish. Like you're nowhere near like mm. ready to have a kid sort of thing." Like, mm. and I think a lot of people just do because it, it is the done thing. Like that, oh, that's what you do. You can't be happy unless you have kids. Yeah. Like we're no, all that, told, that really you can't be happy unless you get married and have kids. I think mm. that. You know, for certain people, like it's always been something you really wanted to do, and I think Seb's going to be an unbelievable parent, and plenty going to be really great. But I think a lot of people do it for themselves because people will tell you having being a parent is is the most selfless thing to do. But I argue sometimes it can be the opposite because some people feel maybe this is subconscious and it's not out there, but they feel like you know the world really needs another me. Can you imagine if there was a little me running around, how good it would be? Like, does when it I, actually so need So when it? I hear anyone that, for example... I've never thought that yeah. anyone who's ever said that 
it's always been a bad idea for them yeah, to have yeah, a yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, like, and I know I'll probably piss a few people off here who are watching or whatever but when I hear like someone's had uh, for example uh, five daughters mm-hmm. and then and then I hear they're pregnant again because they want a son I'm like right, so you think you're going to have six kids and you're going to be able to give enough parenting to six fucking yeah. kids do you know how hard it is to parent do three kids I let mean, alone six kids I do think it's I, I was baffled all because the mum and the dad want a son like and it's like oh, or whatever or a daughter the other way around it, it, some people can cope though I went to a wedding a few weeks ago coping and, and giving quality parenting are two different things though and that's I think parents before they have a kid should sit them say to themselves can I be a quality parent with another child on top of what we're already how good a job are we doing right now mm. and can we carry on that Absolutely. good job with another we're but I, I don't think many people think like this you're right, you're right we had that decision because we've got a dog as well mm-hmm. yeah. and we it's called ridiculous. Tiger after Tiger Woods yeah <laughs> We actually had that decision. We said, right, can we, you know, could we have both? Should we, if we have a child, will we need to uh, let maybe, so for example, Gina's mum, uh, Joy, looks after the dog a lot. We're thinking, would we have to give the dog to Gina's mum? And luckily, they've been great together so far. But you do have to make those decisions, I think. Yeah, really dogs do. do get a little bit funny around kids. Yeah, as well, you know, uh, actually, Al, when I was born, uh, it might have been when you were born, yeah, actually, we had a, we had dog, a family yeah. dog called Digby. It was like a big old English sheepdog. And... He'd maybe got a little bit overly protective or um, jealous of the attention that the newborn was getting. Uh-huh. And there was one occasion where I think you had a bowl of beans or something, and he'd like was eyeing them up and a little bit aggressively. And our mum and dad had to make a decision: the dog's got to go, which yeah. is a really tough decision. Cause sad, dogs, but it's, it's but just you've got to do those sort Spencer of things. could have been gone. That would have been really between me. They were like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I remember. I think I spoke about this quite recently with mum and dad. I think it was Digby, wasn't it? Digby was like quite protective of you as well. Like as a baby, mm-hmm. he was like almost taking well, no, taking out the strength role. Yeah, there's a story my dad always tells about Digby, which is that. Um, so my mum used to. My mum and dad were living separate this time, and they just started going out, and they got the dog quite young, I think. And I think it's Digby. It might be another dog to be fair, but basically, the, my mum used to let the dog sleep in her bed, yeah. so it got really attached to like that's its setup. So when my dad would go and even just try and get in that room it would go mental and they actually had a proper fight apparently like <laughs> my dad's my dad used that word he said we had a stand no, it's, up it's, fight it's the hand motion <laughs> yeah, so I instantly got Mr. CB himself <laughs> wrestling a dog <laughs> yeah. big dog a big dog as well he's like the Julox dog yeah the big white thing well I don't know, I guess they must have been a... Stevie, Stevie, Selena. He waited, yeah, he he waited for the dog to get put down, <laughs> and then he's the like, right, I'm finally going to get in that bed now. To be fair, the dog went didn't get put down. The dog um, went and lived with a farmer, and yeah. he had a great life. <laughs> 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 this is why I said to my parents, <laughs> I, was like, I was like, did this actually happen? Because they used to tell us this story <laughs> where he oh, went yeah. to this farmer, and he was so well so looked after that he had his own doggy TV, they had a dog remote so he could change the channel. I was like, you put him down, didn't you? But they were like, they had him and they didn't. Now, I remember the day we got a phone call, um, that where the farmer had said to us that Digby had passed away. Yeah, so yeah he definitely went to the farmer, yeah, but yeah. I think the, the Skypad was a possibility. Skype. Yeah. yeah, I definitely think having its own Sky remote was a step too far in the yeah, story. Yeah, yeah. I didn't believe it for years, though. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I always wondered that, though. Like, you, you, do you ever think, like, you have a little moment, you're like, I just remembered, I think I got told when I was like five, and I've believed it ever since then. Yeah. yeah. The classic example is the magpie thing. They <coughs> told me when I was like six, yeah, so whenever yeah. I see a magpie, you have to, this is old, like my wife's now, you have to say, hello, Mr. Magpie, mm-hmm. or else the magpie's gonna like steal your stuff. And I literally said that until I was like 20. I was going, hello, Mr. Magpie, hello, Mr. Magpie, like, every time I saw one, I was like, under my breath. That's just about. like OCD, isn't it? To yeah, that, but I, I didn't know what I thought was gonna happen. Yeah. I don't know how you got a girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you used to be a bit, quite a bit OCD, you've got rid of a bit, haven't you? I've got all sorts of stuff. I said this is a routine I had to do before I went to bed. Like every night. It's pretty weird. It's, I, I don't even know if I properly talk about it. But <laughs> it was like, You're fucking me. Did you hashtag it? I've never really been religious, right? I'm not a particularly religious person. But 
I've got a, met a friend actually who does a very similar thing. I don't know, maybe if I got it off him when I was at school. <coughs> uh, I did this thing where whenever I saw like, I don't know, roadkill, if I saw an animal in the, street, uh, in the road, I'd feel bad. And I'd do this thing where I'd go like this Jeez. because I'd feel bad. Even though I'm not religious, I'd go like, it's my way of sort of saying like, I, respectful. I'm respectful and I, I wish that hadn't happened. And I got to this point in my head, this is a bit weird, right, where I went to this thing where before I went to bed every night, I wanted to like appreciate people in my life and things that I was thankful for. And that could be like people, it could be like opportunities, could be the school, I was just like sixth form at the time. So I made this, um, this uh, it, it developed over time, but I made this tally chart. So you know, tally chart, like one, two, three, four, five, and you just strike on the five. So I had this thing on my wall, put up on a, on a cork board, and you probably don't even know, I don't even know this one. Yeah. So every time I thought of something, I made it once, every time I thought of uh, a, a thing that I cared about, a personal thing, I did a tally chart. And I did this thing, and it ended up with this little poster now on my wall with about 70 odd things. It ended, go forward about a year, the, the, the OCD thing developed to the point where every time I went to bed, I would get up from my bed, I'd go to the light switch, turn the light switch on, on off about five times, then it would be on, then I'd look at this post-it note and I'd do this for every single one on the tally chart. Jeez. So I'd sit there and go, and, <laughs> and it would go on for literally so 10 minutes. Weird. And then I'd turn the lights off, and then I'd sit on the edge of my bed, on my knees and like not praying but sort of being in a prey position and then think about them all in my head again do you know and then I that, get in bed and yeah. every that, night that reminds me of like the uh, that's almost meditative though in a way mm. that repetition mm. is almost you basically got to a point in your head where you feel like you just have to do that now it probably became less and less about the thing you're doing no, what it becomes is it becomes if you, if you, if you if think if you don't do it and something happens exactly yeah, then you're like was it so because of at what point though did Alex come over and go this is the thing stop that so I think expense. when I started going to Alex is when it started to stop because <laughs> I, like, I can remember points where I, so often Alex goes to bed before me so I'd come, I'd come in to go to bed she'd be asleep and she'd wake up with me standing <laughs> under the bed going flashing lights <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you doing mate and I'd be like I can't keep doing this also flashing lights on five times. Yeah. That must be so and the lighting, the lighting yeah. I started quite quickly. I really not, I did not expect that. It's amazing I cut it out to me because it was a big part of my life. Spencer are in addiction. Yeah, yeah. This, this, yeah, is, this is, is addiction. I'm going to do a video. My addiction and me just bloodshot eyes going like this. Is this in the book or not? No, it's not actually in the book. Are you standing over that? 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 The best thing would be as well if you didn't stop when she woke up and you were just still doing it. I remember when I when I eventually when I eventually moved out and I went back to get all my stuff from my old room in my dad's house and my little corkboard was still up with all the little post-it notes and things. And then my mum was like, Do you want to hear that? And I saw this. I saw yeah. this one post-it yeah. note with all these little tally charts, and I was like, can't take it with me. I can't yeah. put it in that room because it's not going to work out. You do have to do that, though. I, um, I, not to overshare, I had a similar thing when I was a kid. <coughs> I used to have to like write down a list of stuff, otherwise I was like, sure, I was going to forget something for school yeah. the next day. And I, I'm mine was more similar to yours. Yeah, I, I used to worry that my grandparents were going to die. I, like, I used to have this thing of like, <laughs> so I was really <laughs> attached to them, yeah. and every single day, at least once a day, I'd be like, I hope they don't die. I yeah. hope they don't die. And yeah, it would yeah. just like, it would be there, and then it would be gone within a few seconds. Mm. But it's like, it's that fear of like it's losing. It's just little what things that we develop. That's almost like the adult equivalent of like a comfort blanket. You yeah. say that yeah. because it just puts your mind to rest. Mm -hmm. It just yeah. makes you feel easy. Like I mean. You know, people say about mind over matter, but I mean, you know, you're it's not here weird, again. I hypnotise myself to not do it. 
Well, I believed I had. You hypnotised yourself. So when I was a kid, I think what I believed was, right, you've got to stop this because this is stupid now. Like, you can't be making a list of all this stuff next day every day. (laughs) It was very handy at the time, actually. Yeah, (laughs) it was very handy. But, like, what I did was, and it's probably one of those placebo things, I I had a stopwatch that I used to use to time myself for running, and I just swung it in front of my face for a little while and was like, don't do this anymore. (laughs) <laughs> and, and I stopped next we're really day. finding out just really? how fucking yeah. weird yeah. we all are and I, but I never did it since so it's like I, I, so I've just realised remember the famous hypnotist Paul Paul McKenna yeah, yeah. so the joke is whenever we whenever we go into a hotel people always go oh, it doesn't happen so much now because he's not as famous but like people used to go um, are you the famous hypnotist and dad would go and he's back in the room. Paul? Yeah. Uh, and, and the best yeah. thing is that people go what and he's like nothing do you remember these <laughs> videos Paul McKenna's videos, as in the VHSs, were 18 rated. Yeah. yeah. Because, in case people got... I mean, that's just madness, isn't it? In ca- yeah. I mean, it, he was a massive star as well when yeah. we were growing up, a hypnotist. Because he used to be on that um, American TV show with, like, M- Morgan or something. And he used to help people through, you know, like, yeah. tap the side of your head and <coughs> do that. It, I'd imagine it would. Pave the way for Darren it's, Brown. It's, uh, it's, it's crazy to think about things like that. Like, I hadn't thought about that in a long time, actually. I've forgotten that I even did it. But the, um, oh, no, we've triggered it. Uh, I probably will be doing it tonight. You're obviously a deep thinker. But, oh, no, 100%. I was just thinking, do you remember Saunders? How old were you when you were doing this? Or just it would be between like 16 and about 19, 20. But the, um, like, do you remember... Uh, I thought it was five or six. The video I made for you on your 21st birthday. Yeah. So I made this video, and if you're watching that now, you probably think it's super pretentious and like, who the hell is this guy? It wasn't meant to be like that. But I used to do a lot. You know, I, did, I read a lot of books, and I had a lot of. I was really interested in like, you know, for sake of a better word, you know, the meaning of life and like what we were here for and like that sort of thing. I did a lot of reading and a lot of quotes that I collected over the years when I was doing my degree and just general general things I'd found. And I really felt when I think I'm so I must have been 24 because you were 21. Mm-hmm. And actually, I think I was working at Copper Night at the time. But I'd, uh, for whatever reason, I, I felt like I had the best kind of grasp on it that I'd ever had in terms of like understanding what the whole point and everything is and how you can sort of yeah, do we, it. All, we all get to that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually I, feel I, like I, I probably got worse since then. Like yeah. I think that was my prime in really? terms of like, oh, hundred percent. Like I think like uh, that was the, the most clear my mind's ever been at that point. Have you known you at Copper Nineteen? I'm not sure you were hundred percent reality, <laughs> but all right. How I was at work? Yeah, this is true. But when I was at home, I was alright. But yeah. The, uh, <laughs> So I went to do something for Saunders for his 21st birthday, so I made this video, and it was like, it was like 20 minutes long, it was like 18, 20 minutes long, I'm not in it, I just had these like, um, very Casey Neistat style, and I was aware of him at the time, it was inspired by him, I had like uh, this whiteboard, and I was like writing stuff out, and it was right. with my voiceover on it, and, and um, all these different quotes that I found, and essentially put into an essay, I basically wrote an essay on, on what I thought, not necessarily had any answers to it, but how I'd come to where I'd come to and what I thought about the world. It'd be interesting to watch it back now, actually. Do you um, still get it, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it was like, yeah, I'd, I'd, again, I'd forgotten so, I'd done that. See, uh, I, I mean, it's great that you did that, but I, I, I'm the opposite. I still want to I, I always the card, though. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. When that video oh, came through, yeah. um, I didn't, I'll be honest, I didn't appreciate it straight away because I was had the worst hangover. I just had this massive, like, uni, at uni, big 20 yeah, person. Yeah, 21. I got, I got up, like, woke up early for some reason, so it seemed like the email, and I was like, ugh. This was and the then, funny like, thing. A couple of hours, I think it was a couple of hours, maybe even like a day later, I did sit down and watch it, and yeah, very, I, I won't be too emotional about it, but I think it did definitely change the way I thought about it. Well, the thing is, right, it's like, I made this video for Seb when I think he turned 25 or 26, so it'd been like a year or two before that, and it was like, much more silly and jovial. Roy, yeah, I got Roy Mac- I did a shoot with Roy McElroy, I got him to wish Seb happy birthday, and it was <laughs> everyone in the family talking about him, and Saunders was turning 21, I was like, well, I've got to do something as good, if not better, for Saunders, and on paper, 
because that went on YouTube or Vimeo, whatever it was back then, and like all our friends and stuff saw it on Facebook. So this didn't have the same effect. But if you ask Alex, I actually worked on that for like six months. Like I literally was sitting on Google Docs, like writing it, rewriting it, rewriting it. I'm not saying it's brilliant. I'm just saying like I really yeah. put a lot of thought into it. I think you could drive yourself a bit up the wall or thinking about the meaning of life and shit. Because yeah. when I was at the same age, uh, 24. I started like researching, watching like all of these ridiculously long documentaries on YouTube and that. And like after a while, you start thinking, "Fuck me, this is doing me yeah, absolutely." Yeah. The one thing I always think about stuff like that, and without getting like overly deep in it, but when you think about everyone in this room, like the fact that you guys do podcasts and talk about people's life stories, and you find all these massive stories about them, like everyone's mind is so full of stuff. They've had so many experiences. Everyone's yeah. like that. You walk down the road and you walk past a thousand people, thousand, yeah. they've all got those stories, right? That's just one road in London. You then go on Google Maps, you zoom out, there's London, the rest of London, then there's England, then England's tiny, the whole world. Yeah. Like, what does it all matter? Yeah. Because it's, it's just all, like... It's, 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 it's changed so, me, actually, podcasting and asking questions because I was always wanting to be uh, the class clown centre of attention type personality. And what I've learned is by shutting the fuck up and listening, you learn so much more about the world. Yeah. And podcasting, without doing that, I would never have one of become my, that One person. of my first job interviews, right, I sat with this guy who was the sales director of a company called Neopost. Mm. It was just after university, I was going to become a sales executive for them. And he sat in a room and he really, really grilled me. And I, I, I was a bit of a confident guy at the time. And he said, right, I want you to draw me a person. Draw me a person. And I'd draw it and he'd go, Nope. I'd be like, right, you can try again. Draw another person. Be like, he's like, nope, not right. I'm like, what the hell does he go want me to do? And he'd go, right, I'm going to give you a tip. You've got two ears and one mouth. And that's all he'd say. And I'd try and draw a person and go, no. And what he was trying to get me to do was to go, what person would you like me to do? And if I'd asked him that question, he said, well, I want this sort of person. So the point he's trying to make was, you can get so much more if you listen and try and take things in, other yeah. than trying just to put yourself into the situation what you think is best the whole time. Mm. I'm interested. So, how far do you think you went? To, like you said that you peaked at that point. Why do you feel like you peaked then? What happened since then that you think's clouded yourself? Uh, Why were you so clear at that point? Because to me, you've met so many different kind of people and you've had so many experiences. If anything, you should be more clearer now than you've ever been. Yeah, it, if only it worked like that. It doesn't work like that, that unfortunately. Um, I think. You know, I'm not, I'm not trying to paint a picture of me being like not good now. I'm buzzing. Like I love my life. No, it's you're great. enjoying yourself. But, but what you said was clear. Yeah, the point is, I think the sort of um, the conclusions that I came to in that, you know, and this is something that I'd been building up to, and I'd made certain decisions that kind of proved that by this point was <coughs> what I thought was, you know, what I thought life was about. What I thought was the best way to kind of, depending on your personality type, be happy. And it wasn't about money, it wasn't about success, it wasn't about fame, it wasn't about any of these things. It's actually quite funny because I spent the earlier part of my life probably chasing some of those things. Certainly, um, certainly, I would never say I tried to be famous, but I definitely wanted a, a claim. I definitely wanted my peers to respect, respect in a certain way. I don't know if that comes from being like an attention-seeking kid or whatever, but, so things like stand-up, and I wanted to be a radio DJ, so I was doing student radio, hospital radio, all these different things. And I really wanted that, moment where you suddenly you get that big gig or you get that recognition that you are good at what you do sort of thing and at that point in my life I was, for the first time probably started to give up on that not in give up in a, in a negative sense but so I've realized I don't need it I can even remember sitting watching the Euros must have been Euro 2012 with a guy called TJ who plays for hashtag the tarantula we call him um, and uh, he actually put me onto a book. There's a lot of quotes are in that thing I made you called the art, um, uh, Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. And if you've heard of it, but it's really interesting. Yeah, um, the Alchemist is also quite good. But the um, 
I'd read it and all that, and, and, and I, we were having a chat. He'd just been living in China for a year. He's an interesting guy as well. And um, and I, we were talking about things, and I sort of said, I think what I've realised is for my, my whole childhood, or my whole adult adolescence at this point, I've wanted uh, a claim, or I've wanted some level of fame. Not for, I don't like that word, but you know, I wanted people to know I was good at something. And he was like, yeah, you gotta get rid of that. And I, and I started to get rid of that, and then YouTube started to take off. Which I think is a good way of doing it because I, I don't look at it the same way. I is that because like, you you stop? Um, you don't want the accolades. You actually want the, the process. And when you become good at the process and you love the process, then the accolades come the, with that's it. That's anyway. one of the key things I talk about in that video for you. It's like one of the quotes from Art, uh, the Art of Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance is: "Is the sides of mountain that sustain life, not the top." And it's basically saying it's the journey, not the destination exactly. you have to enjoy. And and uh, yeah, and I think. That, that's probably where, if, if I was going to say why maybe I'm less clear now, is what we do, going to what we do as a job day to day, is probably, I know some people understand it, but probably don't understand how many layers there are to what we do on a day to day basis. And even with the growing team we have, us three, Alex, we've got a guy called Adam, you know, Faisal, who plays for Hashtag Now, works with us full time, and he left the job, get him on the podcast, mate, he left a, a working in the banking world to come and work on YouTube. Oh, um, he completely uh, lost uh, We've got Lewis, uh, we've got all these different, and I've probably forgotten those people. So we've got like t 10 people at least probably working on this stuff every day and the various things we do. But it's still very much a kind of pyramid structure where a lot of things have to go through my head every day and, have to, and sometimes I do get a bit stressed out. And not in an, like, ask these guys, these guys work with me every day. Like, I probably had days where they think, bloody hell, let's give us a break. So I'm trying to get so much done and trying to keep everyone happy that it does become quite it hard sometimes. To me like your nature like you're you're not an entrepreneur in the sense that um you want all the money but you're an entrepreneur like in the sense that you love the process of building this thing i want to i want to have as as a efficient and as fruitful a life as possible and i fruitful i don't mean financially but i mean to have done yeah. as much as i but want by to chasing be. that dream of trying to build this huge thing that hashtag can become and every all the other ideas that you've got to go along with it you've got to constantly think about the future and you think about, I want to get this done, I want to get this done, I want to get yeah. this done. Yep. So although at that time, because you'd sort of given up, you, you felt really clear, all right, I, I know exactly why and what I'm doing on this planet now, and that, but you've had to retrain your brain into being like that because without it, you're not going to achieve all the things that you want to achieve. I've, I've definitely, and I wouldn't say I'm there yet, but I've got better at saying no or like choosing not to do things. Like, there's a point where I wanted to do everything, all the opportunities that come your way, uh, whether they're going to help your career or if they're just really cool experiences. And then with regards to our company and stuff and the various projects we're taking on, I wanted to try and do it all. And it has to get to a point where you're like, we can't do them all. Like, we can't, we can't, not yet anyway. We can't say That's the hardest thing about this space is that, you know, things are, things are really taking off for YouTubers in general or content creators, if you like. And there's so many opportunities to come in and everyone just wants to do everything. Because you think, how long will this last? You know, how long we want to make the most as you can? But then it becomes a bit of a, a bit of a double-edged sword because the more you do, then you can't do everything as well mm. as you'd like to. And it does get very, very hard. People like, get a bit desperate by that point. I think you do see that there is that element of YouTube. Some people who want to break themselves on YouTube, they look a little bit desperate to break. And mm. the harder they push in that sense, it just doesn't. Mm. I'm at a really interesting place with YouTube at the moment, like how I think about it. It's like, I don't know, man, it's, it's, it's changed. So, KSI did a, he made a video the other day, obviously, he did his, his second person after doing a podcast with you that would gone on some kind of uh, little break, but he, he came back from his break. Just don't take yeah. a break anytime soon, um, mate, it'll be all good. No, obviously, KSI and uh, Weller both did it, but KSI made a video the other day off the back of his break saying that his YouTube's not what it was. Not in a necessarily saying it's worse, but he's saying the thing that it was 10 years ago, eight years ago when he started, it used to be completely uh, different. a lad in a camera, maybe playing a game or yeah. whatever, yeah. and now 
it's it's media teams realizing that they're going to exploit what YouTube is and build monsters. Like so I feel like I'm on a different side to him because yeah. Yeah. so he he. he he, I knew him when he was, maybe not at the beginning, but I got to know him very, very young. And he's You've known him for a long time. And he was this guy, he was like a super popular guy on this, so, this thing that was big, but it was niche. It was this thing where it was like, the, the kids knew about he it. Was and cult, the adults, he was a yeah, cult hero. The adults didn't, and he was like the one that was putting those ideas out. And I've got so much time for him, what he's achieved. And, and I think he knows that, and we, we chat about it a little bit. But... For me, differently. So I always say, like, I'm so thankful that I tried so many things that didn't work or didn't quite, maybe they worked, but I didn't quite enjoy them, that I eventually <coughs> got to this. People probably don't know how much stuff. We've talked about, obviously, stand-up and these things. The Guardian did an article, called me a failed stand-up comedian, which I thought was interesting because I did my last gig when I was 21 years old. I wasn't say I tried that hard. Mm. But anyway, the point is... What he, what he wants everyone to know is he could have been one if he wanted to. No, 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 the truth if is, I would, have been, I would have been a failed comedian yeah. if I'd continued to now try. Now you employ them. Because it, um, it wasn't made for me. I wasn't good enough at it and I wasn't I didn't enjoy the, the job is actually really hard like you basically don't have a social life because you're doing Friday Saturday night games exactly. like, yeah. so the people that do do it and they put the hours in and people like Reese James have been doing it for 7-8 years now and they're getting the, the just desserts they deserve a lot of credit but that was what, the reason I brought that up is more of like you know the mainstream media will just choose any verbs they can to just take you down the it's, fact that you'll get like, mentioned by them says a lot yeah, anyway his articles are still overwhelmingly positive but I guess the point is, I tried all these things. If, if, because I was making YouTube videos when I was 18, in our first year at university, which was 2007. That's right at the beginning. Mm. If for some reason, it would have been pure luck because I didn't have any strategy, I didn't understand how it worked. I had made it big on YouTube at that point. I cannot tell you who I, what I'd be like right now. I don't know. Mm. Like, some people probably think I'm unbearable now. Imagine what I'd have been like. <laughs> you do have to sort of uh, take that route. Is it, well, you don't have to. Some people don't take that route. But it really, like Steve Jobs says, you can only really connect the dots back. You can't really look forward and be like, I'm going to no. do this, this, this. No, but I, I, I think that the ones who've struggled the most tend, or, or, or been around longer and really grinded tend to be the better YouTubers. I think it's how they've treated that struggle, though. A lot of people don't. A lot of people treat struggle in a defeatist way, and they just sort of go, oh, it's a real well, struggle, it's not, it's not about, it's really negative. I'm not so much contrasting me with people that failed or didn't make it. I'm, con I'm more looking at people that had the success young, because, you know, Joe Weller's a good friend of mine, really good lad. It doesn't surprise me the situation he finds himself in, though, because yeah. it's come to him so young, and he deserves the success he's had. He's one of the, certainly the, when he first broke on the scene, he was put a lot of effort into his videos and was really genuinely trying, probably a lot harder than a lot of his, his um, peers were. But he's got to a point now where he's like, like, not that I had it all figured out, I definitely didn't, but like, we talked about that. That point I got to where I Your success was more staggered than his. When I had that clarity he moment. He blew up very, very quickly. So I was 24 years old when I made that video for exactly. Saunders, and I say, I've actually finally figured out what I maybe think the world is about. I'm still two years older than Joey's now. Yeah, Joey's going through that stage that a lot of people go through when they're sort of leaving university. You get to your early 20s as a man. I try to explain that to some people in the comments of that podcast that I did with Joe. Like, you don't realise, like, this kid made classic YouTube videos that, like, people will remember. Like, yeah. whether you consider them artistically amazing or not like amazingly entertaining funny mm. videos and he smashed it from a really young age like, yeah. he deserves all the credit in the from world 17, for that 18 years he, old. and he's sort of gone so fast and smashed it so much and then he's hit a brick wall all of a sudden cut the kids some fucking slack I think you know what I mean? a lot of creators like Joe and other people is that they get to their position at such a young age they don't actually get the opportunity to develop like, the moral understanding of the world that you need like you're saying like when you, what you get with age get you get with you uh, through different things experience, so, like so experience, when you get yeah. to these like difficulties that people don't usually deal with until they're like 26 up or 24 up 
they kind of go, oh shit, like, I don't know how to deal with this. And it suddenly seems like a really, really bad thing because they don't know any different. I haven't had any experience with anything slightly less to then know how to deal with it. So they get, they get put in a really they, difficult position. It's so massively, it's so yeah. true, no matter what, um, I think I'm the oldest one here, no matter what um, anyone says to you when you're 16, 20, whatever, they say that, oh, you'll see the world differently when you get older, or the youth is wasted on the young, they say. It's so true. Mm. Like, if I look back to myself at 16, I thought I knew everything. I thought every little piece of drama in my life was so important, mm. whether it was a relationship thing, whether it was falling out of your friends, whatever it was, you think, oh my God, the world is falling. People don't understand how important this is. Like, now it's like, what was that about? Like, it's so the, the funny irrelevant. thing, like, not to try and bring it back to the book again, but the, uh, when, <laughs> I was, when I was... So, in stores now, so Amazon. I, no, it's not actually, you can pre-order it. Um, <laughs> when I, uh, when I was, so I got into football relatively late compared to, say, Seb. Seb was playing football, like, what, four or five. I didn't start even, I think I kind of rebelled against it because it was something he was into because we didn't get on very much when we were kids. Yeah. And um, I didn't start getting, into, I got into it through computer games. I got into it from playing FIFA with Seb and playing football manager. So I didn't actually start playing physical football regularly until I was probably like 13, 14. As a result, Say what you want about me now, but I was much worse. To be fair, that, that's actually I didn't know that. Yeah, so I so I was, I was so I, I was kicking the ball from five years old. Yeah, personally. So your peak could be well, so forty-two, forty-three. I'm going to peak in my yeah. late thirties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the Maldini type. McKenna's actually been saying Spencer's looking better on the pitch. He's yeah, getting better. No, I mean, you do hours see that. I'm only at about eight hundred hours. <laughs> yeah, I've got so many to go. No, but the um, so yeah, like, I genuinely do feel I'm still at a point stage where I'm improving as opposed to other 28-year-olds who, you know, we've been playing football 20 years at this point and they're starting to think about wrapping up because their legs are going. I'm, I'm, that's why fitness is a big thing for me. I want to stay fit so I can play as long as possible. But the point I'm bringing up is I was that kid who... So I, I changed schools a lot, but the school I went to from year 7 to 11 was more of a traditional, like, you had the cool kids, you had the less cool kids, all this sort of thing. <coughs> I was a class clown, but... And I got on with a lot of those cool kids, but they wouldn't let me play football with them at lunchtime. I was playing football with the guys who, some of them played in the school team, but um, they weren't, they, some of them were good, but they weren't as cool or whatever, they didn't hang out with the, the football boys. Now they're so, having a laugh, they're all playing the Hashtag United. This is the funny so. thing though, well, not a lot of those guys from that school do to be fair, because a lot of the boys from, from Hashtag I met a sixth form, but um, the, I was the kid who would go and go, can I come and play football? And I did eventually start playing the school team, but I was the one that wasn't really that matey with them. And I was the kid that was like asking to play football with them at the tennis courts at lunchtime, and they were like, you know what, we're a bit full mate. And then suddenly now it's like, oh, if you need any players for hashtag, I'm like, yeah, I think I'm all right. It's the Wembley Cup free this year. The point is, the point is that they were just doing what they thought was the right thing to do. The point is that if you can inspire by anything, it's like what happens at school is not the end of the world. Yeah, like it really isn't. Like, I had a good school time. I'm not saying I, I, I would love to have played football with those guys. I wasn't allowed to. And now it's like, okay. And I, and I got a little bit better. I started playing for school teams, played at uni, but I was never the best player in any team I've ever played in really. And but I, despite all that, because I just love football, and I've, since I was like 13, 14, have been obsessed by it, I've been able I, to not, not only do what I've been able to do on the football playing and the place I've got to play, every single job I've had, every single penny I've earned, with the exception of a few freelance Soda music videos and yeah. telephones, but every single proper job I've done since I left uni has been from football. Even when I was at uni, I was not planning on working in football. I had that exact same thing. But every single penny I've earned is from I've football. looked back now at school and think, what a delay that was. What a delay that was to my life. It was, God, I just feel like I, I do still feel you yeah. get like useful things you learn, like about the world or about yourself or about how to interact with people and stuff like that. And you sort of develop 
an ego, not in a bad way, but your, whatever your ego is going to be, developing at that point. But the thing is, there's the craziest thing, right? Is all of us have all pretty much agreed that don't worry about it. We could tell every single younger person well, watching or listening yeah. to this, they're never going to believe. They're like, have oh, to yeah. experience it. Different that, for me. Mine's crazy. Saunders has gone through a complete rev- multiple revolutions what, in his life. What, well, yeah. what I was wondering when you were talking about that, how, how old are you, Saunders? Uh, 25. So you're uh, a year older than Spencer was when he felt like he'd hit that sort of cl- yeah. moment of clarity. Where do you feel you are in your state of mind? Uh, I'm not there yet. Mm-hmm. I think I'm, I'm starting to understand things a little bit better. But I, I would put a lot of that credit to you. I promise I'm going to stop being Mr. Nice Guy. Yeah. But, um, right. To a lot of that credit to, to you two. Because what about like, as you go through it, I sort of get like the... Yeah. little like off cuts of yeah. like your thoughts I don't think you ever get there though like, I think you know if, if you're the kind of person that wants to keep thinking like we're all quite, pretty overly think, overly deep thinkers you're never gonna but that was the, that was the whole crux of the thing that I realised when I was 24 is there is no end thing yeah, yeah exactly I yeah. used to say to say it but I meant what is your ultimate end goal and they used to say like and this maybe has changed years ago but you'd be like I'd love to be able to retire young and play golf every day yeah. and I was like alright <laughs> if you get to that point let's say you get there at 40 do you think then when you get up every day and you go and play golf you're suddenly going to have no issues yeah. but that, that like is that. part of what happens and you do see you see that happening at the very high end of life when people start to find Scientology and those mm. sort of things because mm. they've completed it you know mm-hmm. in many ways in their, or they think they, they think they get to that zenith point and then they realise like, well, there's, what else is there? Yeah. And then they get dragged into all this other stuff because all these rich people around them are like, well, I, I've found Scientology so, or I found this or Kabbalah or whatever. When I was or, working away and that, and I would be at sea and I'd spend hours and hours like, looking into the, the sea and all that, I'd, I'd have time to think. And the more I travelled, I, I felt like I was mm. developing as a person. You do loads of travelling. Do you feel like that's sort of broadened your horizons? Uh, I say I've been very lucky the last part, uh, few years to travel more than I ever have before in my life mm-hmm. and I think that has changed me as a person significantly mm-hmm. um, mainly just through uh, understanding things like other cultures and understanding like like you were saying earlier about it kind of puts your problems and your life into perspective mm-hmm. when you get to see other people with, who are far less fortunate mm-hmm. or have it or maybe like what kind of things have you seen when in Asia you see a lot of interesting things it's like I went on this big um, three month trip it's like very like standard our post uni Southeast Asia trip but for a couple of, for a portion of it, the guy I was traveling with, we stayed with like some Vietnamese families. It was like, I think one point we were about 150 miles away from the nearest town and we were just staying with this little family and their day-to-day life was just get up, farm, eat, have a little like community, community family thing with the people of the town. Next day, exactly the same again. But they were the happiest people I've probably ever met in my life. <laughs> and that they had no big worries, no aspirations of being like, super successful or super rich they were just happy doing their day-to-day life as long as their family were alive and healthy and they were being able to continue that way of life they were happy and that i think when you experience that it, it makes you feel like an absolute dickhead to be honest because you're like why do i get so pissed off? Yeah. Hmm. do you think ambition myself? can make you less happy in some respects no. you I, think definitely I, I think it's the opposite I think it's, I think it's what you, the, the ire of your ambition which can make you less happy I think a lot of people can be ambitious that family was probably ambitious to farm more or like to, mm. to do loads of sort of things I think a lot of people are misled by what your ambition should be so like you were saying at one point your ambition was to be famous or to sort of be acknowledged but that it, that's not like the crux of what your ambition was no. and I think as a young person you just mistake some of those things yeah. even some old people mistake those things it's not about being young or old yeah. but like it's not for me it's not the ambition it's what your takes you towards particularly with things like fame I look at things I, I mean I know this is probably an anger a lot of people watching this but I never watch Love Island I don't like those sort of me shows right? I'm furious yeah, so it's not for me Clive but the yeah. point is Lawrence. the uh, <laughs> that's just the thing we say <laughs> no, no, no. Um, the uh, the 
people watching, uh, people on that show, sorry, people that go on that show, and it's the same for a lot of YouTubers and the same for a lot of people. They they do want fame, but the difference is, even when I thought that I did, I didn't want it regardless like of how I got it. Yeah. I wanted to be known. I, w I didn't want fame as in <coughs> John on the street to know who I was. I wanted whatever industry I chose me to be seen as one of the best at that. Yeah, that's what I wanted. And so I always was always skill based. I always wanted to develop a skill and get good at something, and then be the best yeah. whereas some people literally just want to be known and mm -hmm. you know I, I remember talking to you the other day and we were talking about Saunders channel and what he's going to do with it and stuff like that and I was saying like, I and mean, he's not driven in, in, in the same by the same things that I was I think but I said to him just so you know like how someone that has encountered it on a very small scale compared to these proper celebrities it, 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 it's great like, it's great when someone comes up to us for a selfie and I, and I always will try and do that and I, I, it's great to see those people but there are negatives. Like it's not all it's cracked up to be. Like when people figured out where we lived and stuff, and they come to our house yeah, every we single day. About the, uh, the West Ham yeah. fans and stuff yeah, like that. Stuff. Like, those things. You've really got to make sure whatever path you're going down. It's it's much easier said than done. But whatever route, whatever industry you want to try and be in, if it does result in that sort of lifestyle, that you're prepared for it. There, are, there are. I'll, I'll be honest. There are elements within like the hashtag setup. When I see you guys do these cool things, I'm behind the camera. That sometimes allow you know it would be cool to be that side but then I say more often than having that thought uh, I have the thought like what happened in one of the recent recent trips as you see you guys get flooded with all these kids and some of them they're just like they don't really even care they just want to get that selfie and they're what they'll do to each other to get there I was like I'm very happy to be this side personally like I, I'd, I love it it's doing amazing things and I think it's great what it, mm. it, it the whole you know, big picture but I don't I don't think I'm sort of cut out to that so I think I do you know when you have a, like if you have a scale and you have like business on this side and artistry on this side. Like, yeah. where would you say you are on that skill? I, I'm, I, I'm at a point now where I think a good way to sort of represent represent that exact scale would be like if you upload a video to YouTube. Where do you value your happiness with the final product or how many views it's get? Uh -huh. I w used to worry way too much about the view side. Uh -huh. Now, I'll be my my own best friend or worst enemy if the content is good or bad like if I'm happy with the video I'll, I'll take pride in it and I'll literally won't even look at the view number uh, what, what are you like Spencer in um, regards to what you just said there um, so this is the way I find myself at the moment to be honest because the reason I brought up the case I think YouTube has changed a lot uh -huh. and when I first um, I started doing Spencer FC and you know trying to you know, grow that channel I had a very clear vision of what I wanted to do I wanted to make football videos and I, I wasn't really in a place where I could do them um, and get the kind of exposure I wanted them to have at first so FIFA is something also I love and I'm, I'm a big part of the FIFA community you know, and, and that's genuinely like a, a love of mine um, it was my tool if you like to get the audience to a point where I was like right hopefully you guys trust me now I'm going to give you some stuff which maybe you haven't seen or maybe you didn't think you wanted to see and hopefully you'll like it some of them probably didn't some of them probably stopped watching some of them just watched the FIFA stuff that's cool but I wanted to make that stuff. That has been a goal of mine. If you take it way back to, you know, my other channel, and I was following my dad's team, East Thurrock, up and down the country, playing semi-pro football, making videos about that. No one even probably knows they're even there. Spencer own channel. They're still, they're still public. They're still public. <laughs> um, that's 2012, 2013, right? And um, so I wanted to start making that stuff. And hashtag came along with the Wembley Cup. All these sort of different things. Now it's got to a point where hashtag is like its own beast now and it's great, I'm really happy with it and like we want to keep pushing that and, and grow that to the, be as big and a cool a football thing as it can be. But take that away for a second, you've got me. It's like, right, I've done all these different, I had, I had always had, I've always had this slate of ideas. I had the academy, 
that was both the Hashtag Academy but also the Game Academy we did first. I had a panel show I wanted to do which we did with Benchwarmers. I had a live show I wanted to do which we did with IMO. I went to a podcast, we did a podcast. And sometimes I think I'm a little bit guilty of starting things and not, and I, I finished them in terms of the run of programs I've committed to, but you know, what you've done so great with this podcast is you've just been relentless. You've kept doing it and the people know they can get it, you know, whether it's once a week, twice a week, whatever. You've done over 50 shows. It's like, that's a quality and that's really good commitment from you. Mm -hmm. And with the exception of maybe, maybe hashtag or um, uh, uh, like my FIFA stuff, my, okay, things like the Academy, they're, they're a closed series, so there are 10 episodes. I thought that was great, by the way. Thanks, yeah, we love them. We, we, by the way, the two Academy series that we've done, mm. the two people we found for them are unbelievable. Yeah. Like, but if that is not an advert for yeah. sourcing talent on YouTube, I don't know what it is. But mm. more so than that for me, just from a, a fellow YouTuber's point of view, I was like, that's fucking, that is, when I criticise YouTubers, and, and I'm known to be quite critical of other YouTubers now. Really? What? Yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of YouTubers, like we say, who've gotten to the stage where they could do things that yeah. are bigger than themselves, and then they just don't bother. And as a someone looking at your channel, that's what I respect from you is you're dreaming to what can I make that's bigger than the, me. The thing is, though, I obviously, I watched the Alfie Days podcast <clears> and I was listening to that bit a lot, and I appreciate you said a few nice things about me, so I appreciate that. But didn't have to do that. The I was sort of on both your sides at that point because <laughs> the reason I think you like that in me is because you're like that. But some people aren't like that. So it's, I don't think Alfie's doing anything wrong. I think Alfie's just doing him. Like that's what he wants to do. And that's the thing about YouTube. Well, you've just got to accept that, we, that some people, and, and, and it's yeah. better for me that people do put low expectations on themselves because I'm gonna keep cracking the whip well, Exactly, that, that's how I see it. I mean? It's like we have this term, YouTuber. Mm. It's like calling someone that works at Amazon and someone who works at Uges an interneter. They're mm. completely different jobs. They do completely different things for a living. Right? Yeah. YouTube's no different. Alfie Days, Sakoni Jolie, True Geordie, me, Seb on Golf, Sauna Says, bloody JMX are all making videos on YouTube. Would I ever make a video like JMX? No. Why not? Do I need to explain it? You, you break YouTube. It, genuinely, if you got Alex to. I'm not trying to throw him under the bus here. I'm not trying to throw him under the bus. He's a nice oh, no, guy. Just wouldn't. He's a nice guy. I've met him. He made certain choices about his content. And again, he's quite young as well. For me, he's making softcore porn. He's making no difference to this. Spider-Man and Elsa stuff, yeah, yeah. whatever it is, kids, t it's like my Euro trash. Uh -huh. When I was 10, 11, 12, 13. Remember, remember uh, Lola, or Le uh, Lola with them huge giant, yeah. I'd turn on Euro trash, <laughs> late night channel four, more. hope my mum and dad died, I think they out. killed her in the end. <laughs> Imagine getting killed, killed by tits. Wait, was that a narrative arc? No, she, that? Okay, she, she, she did actually pop, literally pop it. Yeah. But like, the, point, <laughs> the point is, but the, but that was a show that I put on late at night, I had TV in my room, I hope my mum and dad didn't figure out, and yeah. if they did, I'd quickly change the channel. Yeah. That is what he's making for the kids on YouTube right now. Like, mm. Say what you want about it, he's doing really well out of it, good luck to him, okay? Although some it's of that got, is To be fair, he's got a nice BMW. What I sort of struggle with the while we're on that subject is I, as a young guy, I imagine he's actually a really nice guy, but I, I despise his content. Like it from from a not from even a judgmental standpoint of I judge him for it. It's that I feel like he's leading people down the wrong path with yeah. that content, and it encourages people. And it's not for me. It's not like jackass or that sort of thing. There was a girl on Twitter not long ago that's humiliated for giving a blowjob to him allegedly, it, whether it was him or not, and the culture that he surrounded that with and sort of played that up with was almost shameless. To, to defend mm. to defend the lad. I'm, but I'm, not, I'm not saying it from a critical yeah, yeah, yeah. standpoint. I know that. I know that. I'm just saying. I think he's 18. 
If I'd been on YouTube at 18... Exactly my point. Exactly but, my point. But my point I would have gone I, I through the door that he went and kicked the fucking shit out of the house and took... You know what and, I mean? And I, I would have done but, way but worse. My point is, I would have taken issue with you as well. It's, it's no different. And rightly so, mate. I'm just saying, yeah, uh, right. he's obviously making decisions at a very well young is age. The other thing is that once you make that type of decision it's and you become known for that and then you potentially shut certain doors off to yourself... The reason I'm bringing it up is I'm trying to make a po- I'm trying to make a point about how different people have different objectives yeah, from YouTube, right? Yeah, yeah. So I don't know JMX well enough to say what his long term goals are. Okay, so this isn't aimed at him, but some people will come on YouTube and they'll want to earn as much money as possible in a short period of time and then get off of it. Some people will do that and then they'll go right, this isn't working anymore, so I need to change that because they do want to be YouTubers, but they don't really care what they make. They just make the stuff. They follow the trends, follow the trends, dun 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 dun. You know, and you can. And it's a lot of YouTubers have done really well out of that, you know, yeah, and you realise then when you see them suddenly drop the thing they started in the first place, that they weren't really that bothered about it because they were just doing it because it was popular. That's fine as well. Like, there's no. You said, I was talking about the coin sponsor thing. Like, again, I talk about it in the book. Like, I, I was one of those guys that didn't do that. I didn't take that money. I was <coughs> never at any point critical of the people that did. I was critical of the, the, the thing that existed. Oh, which, when they shut that down, which, I was bitter though. Yeah, but it allowed people, so I was critical of the way Because I'd only just started getting it. Yeah, you had bad timing, I guess. But the point is, I had no problem with people doing it, advertising it. I got their reasons. Me had so many questions about it. It wasn't a clear-cut, open case where I went, yeah, I'm not doing that. Like, I, I had one for a very small period of time, and then I was like, got a bit more educated about it. Seb and I chatted about it. This is before Seb was actually working with me, but just as a helping me out. Because the amount of money they're offering is so significant. And I was like, no, I, I think long-term, because I want to be in this industry, I've always wanted to be in this industry, I just happened to choose YouTube to get so it. So you're, you're in it for the long run. I yeah. said, no, I'm not going to do it. Because other people don't have that necessarily long-term goal. You know, I've spoke to some of the guys, they say, look, that's cool, I, I want to retire as young as possible, I want to get into houses, fair play to them. Yeah. Going back to the content side of it, like, you look at all these Logan Pauls and um, mm. Jake Pauls right now, right, and they're literally running YouTube, like, so popular. I have so little desire to do what they do, it's ridiculous. Like, I don't know uh, how well thought out it is behind the scenes, the whole feud, I don't know if you're familiar with it, the feud they had between each other, the diss tracks and all this, it could have been a genius sitting around a table, let's take the mick out of each other and watch our bank balance grow up, it could have been genuine, they were falling out, who knows, who really cares? Cause it's, we do know. Yeah, well, so the point, the point is that, this is where my issue with you, not issue, but my thoughts on YouTube at the moment, that represents such a big part of what young people are watching right now, mm. right? And so on one hand, I feel responsibility as one of the older people on the on the platform at least and someone maybe that doesn't have those thoughts to make better stuff to not make easy win stuff that you know is going to get views because we don't think it i don't think it's what they should be watching it doesn't mean people want to watch that it, it means that sometimes you have to accept that book the, the series i made to promote this book is some of my least watched videos i've made for years um because th- there is no title that says Da, 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 da. There is no thumbnail. It's not a FIFA series. It's not a hashtag thing. Mm. People have to watch it to find out what it is. It's such great comments as well, doesn't it? It's interesting. It's one of the best things it, I've made yeah. on my channel. Full stop. Yeah, it's frustrating though because it's like it is a battle of uh, creativity versus you know what's going to get the like the better views sometimes. So like still some of the views though, I think think relative yeah. to YouTube, still, yeah, sure. that's what I mean, it would be considered a success on a lot of like sort of the two videos channels, that I've made this year that I feel like are other than podcasts that are like the ones I look on. I was like, yeah, I'm happy I did that. Was the gym video and the, um, the football holiday? Yeah, and I feel like they're like really solid and like they d- didn't get half the views that me yeah. sitting chatting at Alfie did, but 
comments are great, you know, so it's a balance. But you hope that. that doing that means the next time you do one of your football holidays, it gets more views because people have come across. Yeah. So let's say it has to work. That's what I did with FIFA, for example. But where I find myself now is I've still got a slate of ideas. I've got loads of things I want to do that I haven't done yet on the channel that I think would be great content. What I don't know is how much the audience want to see it. Yeah. Because I know there's a core. If you look at that, that the book video, there's a core group of people who just... I think they're the diehards. They, they like what I do, well, and they they're, they're they like trust you. Me. They're like yeah, you they, personally. They trust that something I'm going to put up is going to be of a certain standard. At least I hope they do. And I've earned that trust over a period of years. And now they'll follow it. And they might watch something and go, "Spence, to be honest, I like we tried it. It's not for me." Some of them did say that about the book series. Some of them might love it. The point is, I could do some of the stuff. That I know that those guys will watch the stuff that I've got planned. That I'd love to do, but. In YouTube terms, if the views aren't going up, or in the, or the look at my subscribers, for example, since we did hashtag and I made hashtag a big part of Spencer FC, my subscribers don't accelerate anywhere near the rate they used to. Uh -huh. Do I actually care about that on a day-to-day -day level? Of course, there's a part of me would love to be smashing all the landmarks, but the day I hit a million subscribers, I said, I don't need any more subscribers. I'd love to get them, but I've got a million people yeah. that watch what I do. Now it's on me to make good stuff. Because if, yeah. ma if I make something and people aren't watching it, that is on me because the people are there. So the original question, on the scale of art of street to businessman, just as a ballpark idea, where do you feel like you sit? I, are you bang in the middle or you want more one way or the other? I think I have the ability to do both. I think in my life, in the future, I'll have to make a choice what way I want to go. What I'm trying to do right now is we've created something with hashtag that I love, that I want to be able to stand its own two feet to allow me to concentrate more on the artistry side yeah. of it. Because that's still my main goal. My main thing every day that I want to do is come up with ideas for, for content, whether it's on YouTube or not. And I think I can do some of these other bits, but I don't need to be doing them because we've got other people that do them now and not even be on this route. Those are other people that can help us do that. And I feel like, if I get too fixated with that stuff, I'm gonna not be what the guy I want to be. What were you gonna say, there, Sorry, mate. I, just that whole topic. I, I'm, and we, we've we've been talking about this recently, but I, I think part of the responsibility is with like the platform itself. And I know that I when it when that platform started, I I mean my when I started watching YouTube videos, it was pretty much within the first year it was a, a thing like the the platform existed. And I used to like watching stuff because it was good, and that was kind of how it worked. Like the better the content, the the more you were likely to see it. And that's how I found all the people Mary that Tocca's I still yeah. watch now because I was getting like, look at this amazing video someone's made. Here it comes. Like, look at it in your feed, you're getting it everywhere. And now I think that they've changed that 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 thought to how the platform should be a, less about content and more about money. business. It's all about so money. So the, the YouTube answer of your question would be they're the business side. And that's uh, it's a shame because even away from my own content or content that any of us make or anyone close to us makes, people don't get to see what really they should do that could make them culturally better or, or could make them more inspired so, or make them better yeah, people. So like, this trend and um, issue that I'll bring up regularly, how, yeah, yeah. who decides what the fuck goes on trending? You can't complain about Alfie explained it and said, if you don't swear, etc., etc., then you're likely to end up on the trend list. If you've got a video that's being posted on multiple social media things, whatever. As soon as I put Alfie Days in my fucking video, Boom. I'm on the trending list. I said, and you swore. And I, I, I dropped yeah. the C bomb. Every everything I wanted to say, everything. Yeah, and the trending thing is. is so is, how does that how does that work then? You've all seen it. There's videos on there of twenty two thousand views. So yeah. it doesn't mean no, that's not so trending by any, any depth. I'm, I'm still of the belief, even though Alfie explained it to us, that the there are hand-picked videos ending up in that because yeah. of 
uh, money is changing hands, etc. Uh, and I'm, and I'm frustrated. It was a massive joke on you just to prove well, that you could. Uh, well, as soon as I'll it, it's like, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. fucking just, frustrated, yeah. mate, because yeah. the way I'm looking at it it's is, robots. I feel like yeah. freedom yeah, of robots, speech so. is a great thing, and being able to say whatever the hell I want is great. And now for them to say, but if you swear in your videos, when you're not going to make money out of your videos, mm. like, this, this is the key it's thing. Cutting though, the balls right? off. This is the key thing. So first of all, the trending thing, as far as I'm aware, and this isn't anyone's told me, this is just for my own observations. It's just an algorithm. It's an algorithm that if you are trending legitimately, you can get on there, but they handpick videos that go on there well, 100%. Yeah. There's videos on there that are by no definition trending, okay? Then just let us know. Yeah, I think it's way be better to be honest then and just say we curate that yeah. because that's that it's in our interest to do it because mm. it is in YouTube's interest because a lot of the trending videos are probably terrible videos. Yeah. I know they probably are the trending anyway, right. but you get the point. But there's like, no, there's no coincidence that every time Jimmy Fallon or James Corden make a video, they go on yeah. there, yeah. regardless of what talent is on there. It's because they have deals with the Late Late Show, whatever it is, there's 100% of thing that happens, right? Mm. Not 12 million people aren't wondering what the yeah. fuck uh, Corden's gonna do next. I do Let's still, I do still million, don't million. understand why these, they do just sometimes pick a random YouTube channel, which I've never heard of, that gets 12,000 views. There's something going on there, I'm not sure what it is. Now that's the bit that baffles me. But what to your point, Geordie, because I was someone who, we know each other in real life, I swear in real life, I swear on your podcast before, uh-huh. I chose not to swear on my videos, not because I had some grand plan or I had some idea of the future, but I did, envision a world where swearing in videos and making that content could come back to bite you. Yeah. So I was like, I'm not going to do it. And as a result, just like Alfie said last time on the podcast, my CPMs will not hurt in any way, shape or form from the advertising changes, right? Now, the thing is, the thing is that some people need to swear. I don't think you're, I think it's a big part of your personality. Yeah. I don't think you're doing it for effect. I love I just it. think that there's you. I love swearing. You your love whole, your whole thing is to be you. I love swearing. What's your favourite swear word? Um... Fuck, I, I just, I, just, but the thing is, I spent 12 hours on the boats every single day with yeah. a bunch of sailors. Yeah. My uh, dad's a sailor, his dad was a sailor, it's in me blood almost. Mm. So like, for me now, to go back and try and bleep everything out, I, I just feel like it's- no, I don't think you should, but the, I re- can't. the reason I'm saying is that you said it's like, you like freedom of speech or whatever. YouTube haven't stopped your freedom of speech, they've stopped your ability to monetize exactly. it. So, so that, that's the difference. So I, but I built like yeah, and and you, as you well know, mate, like this is now my full time job. So, uh, and and so because I swear, I'm now earning half of what I used to. Oh, yeah, but I, I don't but, think. Mm, go on. Well, sorry, it sort of goes both ways. Like you can't, you built it on a platform which wasn't regulated in that way. You you were you are. I mean, it was really broadcast young. yourself, not broadcast yourself, but don't swear. And that's what but my. You still can broadcast. You, you still can broadcast. They're yeah. not taking away any of your. They stopped us from making money out of it, though. But, but no, they've not stopped you. you. They've, they've just told you you can't make it this way. Yeah. And, and I can sort of see that. I also envision it going full circle because I've seen your life cycle and I see other people's life cycle who swear. And it's it's very similar to a lot of people who are now very esteemed in the media. Chris Evans, um, all the guys who are quite high up. They used to be quite edgy guys, guys who would sort of mm. play quite close to the line. Sometimes they swear, sometimes they do weird things. They hit a certain time in their life and people sort of accept it and then they <coughs> become acceptable to advertisers because those advertisers either see the pull of your numbers or they see that swearing actually doesn't damage their brand in any way. Yeah. So they'll be more than willing to gravitate towards Well, them. I've got no choice. I'm in it for the long run. But the point I've is, got no plan B. But the point is, in the short run, it, it kills a lot of people's channels who have decided to try and be controversial yeah. and they yeah. can't go any further. But that's not YouTube's responsibility. The way I feel about it, like, I don't think it is the perfect way they're measuring it. Like, I remember Sauna's got a video flagged. Sauna's the most like, yeah. a family-friendly video you can get. We went I know New why York. now as well. We went to New York. It was because of terrorism thing, wasn't it? No, it wasn't. Was it? It, was, was it? it was worse. I got that video got flagged because uh, there was advertisements in Times Square. 
So he went to New York on the hashtag yeah. tour, made a really cool vlog. You could not watch that video and have any issue of anything that happened in it. There was nothing controversial and it wasn't allowed to be monetized. How, how, how do you get around filming Times Square without getting any adverts in? One of the most like photographed like landmarks in the world. How the hell do you get around? Obviously, Casey Nice does it in every other video. He, he gets around it. More I don't know. You, I don't, I'm not sure. You. I really don't know what it was. So that's that's where the video, issue is. Casey, still, if you're watching. There's still a lot of things that don't work DM. in their new way of finding out what's monetized and what's not. But... On one hand, I think, yeah, it's, it is maybe a little bit harsh for someone like you who swears for injustice every day. Look, but you're, <laughs> you, that's just you. You're just talking. You're not necessarily, maybe with the exception of one or two videos, picking on anyone or doing anything like... One or two. So, do, doing anything like bad that like, I can watch and go, okay. Whereas I like the fact that it's stopping some YouTubers making money, to be honest. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, some YouTubers that have done really well out of YouTube making stuff that is irresponsible, in my opinion, mm -hmm. have now got to think twice. And I like that. I don't think you're one of them, but I think there's people out there who are thinking the exact same thing you are, and I'm happy they are. The thing is, I don't, I don't, I think we can be frustrated or so people be frustrated by it but we can't be surprised no this is not this is not usually yeah. this is the way the world works the western world particularly is a capitalist society so things that get big get bigger reach more people business gets involved it's the only way it's ever going to go yeah. one thing i think it has potentially done is i think and this is probably a very very serious discussion the top people within google and youtube would have had to have had it's the first time you could potentially say you know what, there might be a gap for something else now. Absolutely. Because mm -hmm. they could be a platform that comes up that caters to those creators and allows them to be monetized that way. I thought about brands. that. It would only be certain brands that would work Correct. for that. But, but I, I thought about, like, it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, what if PewDiePie and all of these big YouTubers got together and said, fuck this, let's start our own company. What if I, 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 a Messi said like, like the title, like and, the title of YouTube. Well, yeah, but, but yeah. Words, and yeah. I think it's a matter of time before this happens as well because we're getting some really business savvy YouTubers out there and you think of the millions upon millions of people. If you just uploaded a video saying, on a new platform now, 10 million views, Jake Paul decides him and PewDiePie and all these other lot are going to go off and make their own platform and go head to head with YouTube. Mm -hmm. And guess what? You can swear all you like over here. For, and, and, you know, and YouTubers get a bigger cut now over here, uh, get 75% instead of whatever they were getting, uh, come over here. What, what is the reason to stay with I, YouTube? I think that could definitely happen. I mean, I, and I, do you know what it is? I fucking hope it does. I'd love Fuck YouTube, we're off, I'll see you later. I mean, <laughs> is that how you Sorry, I'm getting the carried away now. But I do think it'll, go, do it. I think it'll go both ways. I think if, if big YouTubers leave, they'll find another star for YouTube. There'll always be something else. Yes, they will, but, but guess mm -hmm. what? If at the ground floor it's more profitable to go here than go YouTube, which way are you going to choose? Are yeah, you going to start a new big, channel? The big thing is football, though, isn't it? Like YouTube has the people yeah. going on every single day, so it's a big challenge mm -hmm. for that new, new app or whatever. Google control. I think that the... Um, yeah, I think that it's, it's changed drastically, but I think it was a Wild West, you know, Two of my most watched videos, Wembley Cup finals, none of them were able to be monetized. You know but why they're not monetized? It's because there wasn't, this is ridiculous, there wasn't a way to stop EE, who obviously funded the whole thing, okay. there wasn't a way to stop an O2 or a BT, or uh, not BT, but a competing Vodafone, competing phone network, put a pre roll ad on Just the video. Quality, by he drops in so they could drop all that money on the series, <laughs> and then O2 could theoretically have been at pre roll Just going back to that point about uh, a, a new breed potentially, like, YouTube is the MySpace or whatever you would say of the video side of things mm -hmm. and it'd be interesting to say if, if we do get alternatives which can legitimately a few have tried, there's been a few uh, the difference tried. is it's got Google behind it though yeah. there is also I, 
I also think people are looking. People are looking to do. Uh, people are talking about it like, well, there'll be a another platform. I think a lot of people will go down their own route of saying, "I'll set up my own platform. Yeah. You download my app." Mm-hmm. Because actually, the, the videos behind the, a paywall, for example. Yeah, yeah. so, so your space the Hodge it, Twins have started like a, a peer to yeah. watch um, and you, channel. And exactly, and your space is is less about now going on YouTube and more about download my app or download this or download that or I'm on this or I'm on that, and it becomes much more personalised because yeah, actually, be good. but. I also think what we're under a huge impression that YouTubers can shift massive numbers. Mm. Not all YouTubers with big numbers can shift huge amounts of people, and we see that on a lot of channels. Channels you've worked on where you've shifted huge amounts of numbers, and they've still favoured people with a million subscribers or two million mm. subscribers, naming no names, but because one I, or two I million subscribers. To, uh, I mean. and, but the point is that those other guys built those fucking channels. But the point is that the other people with a couple of million subscribers have shifted. 10,000 people. Less engaged, yeah. like, and they've got, not got a very highly engaged audience. And then audience. often the people you're shifting over, that, that YouTuber isn't there regularly. Exactly. Whereas Geordie has been there regularly on a lot of uh, them. He's been the face of the channel. So like, if you're a Geordie fan, you know you want to subscribe to that. But that's also a testament to him, even if it's been one video, he's still shifted. Yeah. I'd say more people than I've seen on most I, of the I, I, uh, I've shifted... Um, You've shifted like, your ass. So I've times. worked with like so when when KSI came on my podcast, I went on and, and I've helped other people out since then, and I, I've brought really many people to the table as KSI brought on this channel. Like so, mm. it, it, just because someone's got so just because someone's got sixteen million subscribers or five hundred thousand, uh, and I'm not saying that I by any means have the pull that KSI has, but I'm just saying you can never really tell until you put it at the test well, it depends there's so many different factors isn't it it's like who's the audience that you're going to get people coming yeah, from yeah, do exactly. they care for what you're doing are they going to stick about but yeah no, but it's, if it's we get what I'm saying ultimately is the biggest content creators the ones who are really like a Jake Paul teamed up with a PewDiePie teamed up with a the people who are getting 10 million views every fucking day if they decided to up sticks then it would be interesting. I, I'd like to see that happen. It'll also be interesting because it's, it's who invests in that as well. Like I want competition for YouTube, so they have to fucking yeah, give yeah, us better, right. better it's, fucking options. Do you know what's also interesting? Though? Okay, so Casey Neistat had Beam, wanted to start his whole platform. Mm. That completely changed as a business and went from being like a social media platform to being something that now is more news-based yeah, or definitely. whatever it is. We don't quite know what it is yet. But that's interesting as well because <laughs> the investors in that clearly wanted to shift it in that direction and they just killed the other platform so, so the other platform was going yeah but at the same time uh, that so that's a calculated decision we could say but you could shift a load of people over there and make a load of money and then just sell it and be off and those big people suddenly are out of the game and you're left with a platform which is dead that is the, the the good thing about YouTube is it is seen as like a staple of the internet. It's seen as like mm. it's seen as like Google or something like that. And there is something quite reassuring about going to that place. Yeah. And you see what I mean about that. It's not so. It's it's the same as when you da- when you get a new phone, you download WhatsApp, you download YouTube, you download all the apps, and they feel like staples. Yeah. There's nothing else that feels like a staple. If what you're saying happened, and this kind of like anti YouTube was born, where you can say what you want and do what you want. Think of the press, the mainstream press against it that would come out, and how every parent would be told to like ban the app. Ma- mainstream like, media hate YouTube, let alone yeah. fucking yeah. Uh, the darkness. Definitely, but they explicitly hate the people who'd be the people that would leave. What YouTube. I constantly say is this, though, is that I say that everyone looks at you see different companies and brands, if you like, getting into YouTube more, and there's the rise of that, more of them understanding and what have you. It's just going to be a time thing. Yeah. So what you see is now this new generation who live and breathe YouTube, as in that they consume, the way they consume content. 
Those guys will get their first jobs. They'll then have more pressure on middle management who have been getting it a little while from the juniors anyway. Those middle management who get YouTube become the senior management. The guys who lived and breathed it come in. It's just a generational thing. Eventually, those guys who live what and breathe it become the tops of the company. We need the old guys to die, basically. You'd be amazed how many... It's, uh, like, <laughs> Once they pop it... It's amazing how many podcasts right? conclude that, isn't it? People, <laughs> people will laugh at this. But you'd be amazed how many... Uh, jobs we've had or opportunities or brands we've worked with have come from the children of the big people yeah so true Coca-Cola come about didn't it because one of the big dogs of Coca-Cola's son was a big hashtag United fan yeah. is that right it's a, you know, a bit roundabout yeah, way yeah. yeah you know what though we, we also so when we worked at Copper 90 there were a few there were quite a few older guys there there were a few older guys there who totally didn't understand the space of YouTube but understood the power that they had to give the people in their staff yeah. That, yeah, yeah, so yeah. there was one guy called Andrew Comrade who was a big guy at, at, um, and I remember I called him on a Saturday morning uploading one of KSI's videos and he I don't know I mean doesn't work there anymore I don't know um, he literally said to me do you think it's good for YouTube and I was yeah, like yeah, yeah. And, and he was like well we'll upload it then yeah. and I'd never been shown that sort of trust before before mm-hmm. it was like oh, this won't be good this won't be good well, that's what happened everywhere though is it I think we talked about this on the podcast last time but I mentioned this in the book he was the guy who made me put my job on the line to do a certain project which yeah. we talked about for the first time in the book um, they didn't want to do it was when he was somebody else they didn't want to do it pre-order now and I made a big point you might have even been there at the time of saying we need to do this it's yeah. going to help us hit our goals yeah. and he who is I agree with you someone that did put trust in the younger people said we can do it but if it doesn't work you're sacked in front of the whole office and I said fine so the channel that you're on now used to be known as something else yes which was uh, <laughs> the, it was it no was, it was the FIFA player was on there yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, the player was on there what was it like having to rebrand the channel? Were you a bit nervous about that, a bit worried? Because obviously that type of channel was very, very... Di- there was swearing on it, it was a totally different channel. Yeah, the, the, well, the, so the, um, think about how I'm going to phrase this. <laughs> Contractually speaking. The, um, Are you going to go through a similar thing, by the way? Are you going to suddenly... Yeah. 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 Bri-bri. The Bri-bri videos haven't stopped now, is it? they'll still come back so a lot of other vloggers I think it's funny because what I now find is sometimes during the day he'll just break into a little impression of Bri Bri just as a little parody thing do you know what can I just say what we need to do we need to see a true Paul not Jake Paul Logan Paul true Paul Paul. that is what I want to see you dabbing on the face yeah yeah. That would actually be amazing if what you is, What does he say? Uh, Jake Paulers. Every, yeah, every day, Paulers. bro. It's Jacob Pauling. You know what so would be a good spin off series bro. would be like Louis Fru style, Geordie going around meeting the vloggers. That would be amazing. And they have to win him over one by one. At the end, he's like, they're actually all alright. Or oh, he's the one of them he doesn't like, maybe. I don't or know. You do True Geordie's weird weekends. So you just sort of spend the weekend with KSI. You spend the weekend. I've been watching Jake Paul lately because I'm, oh, I'm quite fascinated I'm by. I'm the same, because obviously, like, when I watched KSI, it was obvious. It was like, all right, this guy... When I first watched YouTube, KSI was one of the first YouTubers I watched. I was like, yeah, he's fucking hilarious. Like, it's obvious why he's getting goals the views. Goals of the week. Ten, top 10 goals of the Charismatic. Week. Yeah. It's, it's, it's genius. It's genius. But Jake Paul, aside from the orchestrated chaos that's going on, which is quite clearly a, fake, a lot of it's fake, in my opinion, and it just... Those uh, flames have reached the size of the house. I yeah. hope you realise that. Man. Well, yeah, but there's a lot of sort of bad acting um, going on, but I just don't get it, to be honest with you. Like, yeah, he's got a lot of money. Do you know what I mean? Hey, well, a lot I'm, of money not, I'm not an expert on it, but a lot of it's come from his Disney Channel stuff, right? Yeah. Or is that, does that first? Was yeah. it Disney first? You worked with Disney. Oh, no, 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 the content's not really for my demographic or as me as a person. I do enjoy watching it though because you two ways you can look at it. Similar to what you said about JMX, you can either think, right, they're just doing this thing that happens to be really popular and you know, whatever, or you can say they just understand what works 
And for me, I don't mind that it's staged or if it is staged or faked because so is TV, so is things like Friends or whatever. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah but not, but it's not responsible. It's not. It's not. I'll say yeah. good examples. He's like, they've yeah, got his, his ex-girlfriend making videos about how he yeah, mistreated her. It's like yeah, we yeah. all had tumultuous relationships at school. We could put yeah. them on YouTube. People would find them fascinating. Some of it's not for public consumption. No, we did also have this discussion with Alfie and said to him, "What's honesty?" And he said he does constantly remind his audience, "Listen, I'm taking like 20 minutes a day. You don't see him at the beginning of the video." Sort of going this is dramatization or like you know yeah, by the yeah. way some of these people are characters and that yeah, can be quite misleading I, I, a lot of people watch because what do you bit, think of Jake Paul as a person I've never met him, I but, think he's, that's but, a very hard question because we don't know what yeah. he's like as a person but no, no, we, we, we don't he could know. literally be the opposite person no, from the image is. that we're given though. For, okay from what I think of his character I wouldn't want to hang around with him I wouldn't no, want to know him no. but, the, and, but that's fine for him I'd imagine he doesn't give a fuck but the point is that actually it's quite an Americanized image. He's a bit of a jock, whatever you want to call him. He's one of those kids in school that you sort of like, but you don't really want to go anywhere near. Do you know? He's one of those kids where they're like, you see him in the corridor, you're like, you're right, mate. But you don't really want to sort of be around him, but you want to be around him. You get what I mean? I saw something quite interesting. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with the YouTuber Emma Blackery. Yeah. 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 yeah so she she put a tweet out quite recent she, recently, kind of saying about how YouTuber changes stuff. And she said she used to love it when YouTube was about the kids that were unpopular making content mm. and becoming, and now it's yeah. about the kids that used to bully their Yeah, because basically, yeah. if you look, like, let's be honest, like the sidemen, they're not exactly the jocks of the school. Do you know what I mean? They're, they're the unlikely lads they can, yeah. who've become popular. That was what was great about YouTube. And now, like Jake Paul and people like that, like I suppose he would be the popular the guy in school. They're the bullies. Both demographics yeah. are still there. Right now, the jocks and the people that like watching those guys are kind of brainwashing everyone else. Like mm. they're not brainwashing, but they're, they're, the comment section, for example, is no longer a place for genuine feedback. It is just Lawrence the type of vote or that thing. Like, at least I actually don't time. mind them. Yeah, yeah. It's actually funny. <laughs> it's just like, like top yeah, five yeah. lists of footballers, or it's like oh, all this spam and these like little games people play in the comments. Like, Follow me. Like it's just it's, it's not what you. As to a be. creator, when you put a video out, you want something that references something that happened in the video. In the video yeah, I yeah, like yeah. this yeah. bit. I didn't like that bit. What, what even if it's bad, like just talk about the video a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, like sometimes if we get a comment on the table or a microphone I'm like fuck me I travel fucking all the way down to London to make a podcast with Chris Eubank for that did I do you know what I mean like the guy's fucking a warrior for Christ's sake they talk about what he said even if he didn't like it it's cool just reference what was going on like I think that's I think what that frustrates me. Like. What we are all saying is it is a phase, though. But in that moment, it feels very sort of real. Permanent. You also find it very difficult. A lot of people find it difficult to see the out out from that, and so it feels like Jake Paul or Logan Paul is going to be around forever. When uh, actually, I think I yeah, think the comment section and the um, Twitter, for example, is all subject to change. I, yeah, don't think, exactly. I don't think we've got it right yet. Yeah, like you should be able to, particularly if you've got a large following, do a tweet which can <coughs> be replied to. Yeah, you should be able to post a bulletin and say, guys if you're a YouTuber this video is going up or if you're an actor I'm going to be in this film or whatever it is and not when you've earned millions of Twitter followers like some people have have one person be able to just literally mug you off completely and get a million likes on it because people like watching people burn and that be as relevant yeah. and on YouTube it's the same the comment section like I loved the comment section because I got really good feedback so I'm negative yeah. but it was useful and it helped me you know? sometimes I'd make a mistake or something be wrong in a video I'd see it in the Twitter comments I'd see it on YouTube I'd correct it next time I can't find them anymore they're there but I'd have to go through it is so a needle much in the ridiculous stuff it. they would drive me crazy so I can't allow myself to do it yeah. I like the heart thing I do heart a lot of the mm. 
I try to anyway. Yeah. Very, very good. I just think the internet hasn't evolved to that point yet. Mm. It needs to be get better. It needs to get a lot better protecting people, particularly anonymous people. And I don't mean anonymous in the in the idea of like using their anonymity to be bullies. I mean people that are just nice people that tweet something like we talked about before. If I retweet it and all the guys jump on them, mm. you can't let that happen. You can't yeah. let these people hunt yeah. packs. Yeah. But yeah. I don't know how they fix it. I, I'd, I'd hate to be the guy. I'd, I'd like to think someone at Twitter and YouTube is, is tasked with fixing this, but I don't know if they are. They can barely fix the comments on YouTube yeah. anyway at the moment. Yeah. I mean, should, I, should I have a look through the Twitter com, uh, questions that oh, we've got? We there were a lot of replies after some really litigious retweets. I know you didn't did. tag me in that. Is that yeah, reason for, for, the, for the reasons that you've just stated, because yeah. I don't want the usual, oh, you know what I mean, the miserable ones. Fair play. Yeah, none of them. Yeah. These will be great questions then. <laughs> Someone's asked, can we just put this to bed right now? Why does Spencer have a different last name to his brothers? Are you adopted or...? Probably adopted, right? Um, no, I just love Michael Owen. <laughs> <laughs> That's what people think. People What's think that like? I changed my name because I loved Michael Owen. Right. Which is ridiculous. Uh. No, I was my middle name. Uh, it's always been the case. So the reason it's like that is because I started Twitter and all these things, YouTube, before I was Spencer FC, when I was doing stand-up and stuff. Spencer Owen was my stage name. Because our surname, it, it's so long, isn't it? Has certain it's people think it's some sort of middle class or like double barrel thing. I didn't want to be perceived to be that, and there was actually a whole story behind our surname, which is completely opposite. Carmichael Brown. So no, no, no one here was born. Actually, I think you might have been the same boys. We weren't, boys. We weren't yeah, born Carmichael Brown. That's not our surname. Our name was changed when we were kids. Really? There's a whole story behind it. Do you want to? It's it not a I probably, I probably could. I tell love you the story. It. I think but basically, weird. just to answer the first thing, I didn't want to go by that. I wasn't that attached to the name because I hadn't had it that long. I didn't want to go by that in stand up, so I went by my middle name, Spencer. Ryan. I would have gone Spencer. Carmichael Brown is a long name, though, isn't it? I never really liked it. So Google. I could have gone Spencer Brown, but there was already a comedian. Now you're rich, Spencer you can just ditch it if you want. Do it. Do you know what I mean? Well, Jack I mean, Michael sort of had that down at that time, so didn't it? Yeah. Who's that? So Michael Owen? No, just sort of being like sort of middle class Top. and that sort of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I, when, when you're a stand up, particularly, and people hear a name and gets introduced, they immediately assume certain things. So mm-hmm. I was like, right, I'm going to ship all that away. Middle name's Owen, Spencer Owen. Went on Twitter with that for years and years and years. Then these boys piped up and started getting involved with their actual names. So who, I'm like, who, who would do something? Who so like, 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 <laughs> 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 have just used Owen as well, man. I've done years stuff. I've tried to do right, that. It's not their middle names. It'd be a bit weird if we yeah. were using my middle name as their surname. Seb Owen's all right. Saunders Owen. Saunders Carmichael Brown sounds quite nice. Yeah, sounds great. Yeah. Some people like the name, but yeah. Uh, so, so what's the story? where did Carmichael Brown come well, about? Basically, the I'm all right to tell us, aren't I? Yeah, I think so. No, basically, so. The easiest way to tell it, probably in a slightly different way, is that. Carmichael side of it is from our mum's side of the family and there was somebody on that side of the family that didn't have any descendants to carry that strand of Carmichael on. So our mum decided that she would bring that strand, who she was related to. Well, my mum's maiden name was Smith. It yeah, because yeah. Carmichael. Oh, right, my dad's yeah. was Brown. Yeah. So she then brought the Carmichael into that family tree so that brand of Carmichael that she was attached to could live on through us. They basically mm. did some family tree research, found out they used to be Carmichael. So is, is it, what's your dad's last name? Brown. Brown. No, he's Carmichael Brown now, but we were, they, they became born, she was Cindy Brown, we were all Browns. I was Spencer Brown, he was Seb Brown. And then when I was three, I think, my mum found out that their name used to be Carmichael and decided to bring it back. Your basically because my mum wanted funny. to sound posher. So my mum like, well, she comes home, Steve, we need to chat. We're having a chat together. Your dad's sitting there, fit up, just reading the paper. Like, Steve Brown. Yeah. Oh, Steve Brown at the time, of course. Get, get me name changed, have I? Oh, yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah. 
So that's what happened. I'm he sure does seem like the kind of guy quite quite easy. He must be chill though. Easy going, yeah. I think there was some sort of trading, wasn't there, about having another kid or something. Or something to be honest, one thing I'll say about it, like my name's Sebastian, right? So <coughs> I, the thing I quite like about it, and this was a little bit of the thinking behind me calling or us calling our daughter Penelope, is I like the fact that she's got options. So different yeah. case of like it's good to be a Sebastian yeah. other times it's really bad to be a Sebastian you could be a Seb a Sebby Sebby no girls whatever you like to get mm-hmm. called yeah. Penelope could be Penny Pen Nelly Pit Stop Penelope are options right Carmichael Brown's the same you can be C Brown you can be Brown I think Owen C yeah. Patience if there's any questions about our background though and what the name Carmichael Brown suggests a very working class background when Seb's daughter was born my dad's obviously an engineer by trade he goes, can't call a Penelope, mate. Our initials would be PCB. All the electricians would be laughing about that one. Like, I don't think really, people really care about yeah, it. No. We wouldn't want the electricians people. laughing at that. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. She's like, never going to marry herself <laughs> off. <laughs> that notoriously bitchy no, group of people. Trust me, we're like, okay, well. So Penelope was the first girl born Carmichael Brown. Yeah. Possibly in the world. There's some German people called Carmichael Brown. The first Carmichael Brown not to be begin with an S as well. Yes, yeah, we all go with S's as well. You really so. upset the fact. Did, that, do you, did they suggest S names beginning in the first? Were they like, why not yes. Senelope? So I Sen- apparently was going to be called, what was it? Uh, Chantrice. Steve. 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 If, oh, yeah. if, 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 if one of us was a girl, we were going to be called Chantrice. Chantrice. Is this Thank your God. God. Every electrician. Chantrice FC. Can you imagine? Does your. Does your. Don't, don't get to Chantrice. The first names as well. My dad's adamant that was his call. I'm like, Dad, you, I, I, I asked him about daughter. this recently. So the S like, thing is the S thing your mum or dad's idea. Because they're both S. They, I, think, I don't know. They just decided let's yeah, keep it going. Keep it yeah. S. Yeah. Which side yeah. of them is related to some sort of hair salon in Peckham that they want you to be Chantrice? My dad used to have hair salon. All sorts, so it's all coming out now. Who's the best hashtag United player? Ooh. Who's the best player? Oh, I saw this first because he, he's got a better. Yeah, you've got um, yeah. uh, Don't have to say me. You know what? My answer's probably changed in the last <laughs> six weeks. Go on. Who was it? And who is it now? It w- it was Dan Brown. <sighs> it now it? is Sorry, Carmichael Scott Brown. Pollock. Ah, because I think I see the I see the, the potential of Scott Pollock. He's so good now. You see the guy that won the academy. He could be, uh, he could be remember, like remember. unbelievable. Like, Sixteen years world, old. Like, almost like world class if he kept in the trajectory that he's going. Yeah. Just to so be clear, good. you guys aren't related to the other Brown in the team. Dan Brown, Dan no, Brown. No, 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 no. It's actually no, good. He's though. a great author. As, yeah, a, as a commentator as well, Pollock, it r- rhymes with quite a lot of and work yeah. with that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Who's the best one? That's my question and I find it quite interesting because what's really, you two are really different players. Seb is a player who gets the best out of other people around him I tend to find so when he was playing in the Opta game when Seb was on the pitch other people were playing better you couldn't statistically prove it better yeah. said it. or maybe you could or maybe it you could it that you guys had a better team because then I we absolutely I trounced up, you in the fact the that I game. ended up up front yeah. shows you how bad my team was guess who marked him did you, did you see the article though <laughs> You see the article the guy wrote from, uh, was he the Guardian as well? Yeah. yeah. Basically saying, you <laughs> boy band look. Michael Cox. Boy or something. Yeah. Michael Cox. Yeah, yeah. 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 So he, he, he basically said that I was individualist. I was like, it's like, because I had tried the most passes on the whole pitch, both teams, 78 passes or something, and I had like a 40% completion rate because yeah. I had some the really bad is, players. The problem is, we're on a podcast and nobody gives a fuck about that. So. Right, okay. <laughs> no, no, Moving so on. Who's, who's, no, who's the best to play with? Oh, what do you mean? So who do you, who do you enjoy playing with the most? Who makes your life easier? Ryan Adams does a lot of work. Ryan Adams is literally a workhorse. Right. Yeah. If you take Ryan Adams out of our team, you lose the heartbeat yeah. of the, 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 the attack, at least, I'd say. Mm-hmm. And then the, both the goalkeepers sit. Hashtag Academy controversy. 
uh, obviously, oh, yeah. you had Don't to not give it. Like you not, you had to not give the. You, you sort of knocked uh, one of the lads out, didn't you? He's a YouTuber, actually. Well, we, we signed him, so we signed him immediately. So we, we hit that nail on the head. Basically, the mistake we made was we probably never should let him go through. Yeah. We hadn't decided at this point whether we how we felt about YouTube is because it ended up being a public vote. We thought oh, it's a bit of an advantage. You've got hundred thousand subscribers, and he's like, it's not his fault. But we also knew we wanted to sign him regardless. So we thought, you know what? And we told him this. He knew this when he left, and we said it very clearly in the videos. We're going to sign you anyway. You play. He, he played for us before the winner did. Jamel, not Jack. Yeah, it's a Jamel. Right. Yeah. He played for us before the winner did, and then he went down to public vote for the, the finalists and uh, just got one. What is the future for Hashtag United? You know, it is with, with the audiences have got and the the deal you did. Like it was, I think it was like one of the biggest deals done outside of the Premier League for a football club. Which ironically, it isn't even like competitive. You, you could take this into like the actual football league. Like, there's no reason why you couldn't. Are you, have you thought about that? Yeah, I mean, like I said earlier, that was one of the initial thoughts before we even properly got into it. But um, we've got a lot of options. We, we love options. We're in the midst of something at the moment we're working on, um, which could be quite big, uh, what we want to do with it, which we can't say more about, unfortunately. But um, Sorry, you've only got to look at what it, we're doing now and think about it. Like One thing's for sure is what we're doing now, which is this divisional structure uh, that we created, it's obviously loosely based off FIFA and things like that, will come to an end. It will definitely come to an end, regardless of whether we you know, end in a win or not. And we'll go into what we're calling the next chapter. And next chapter will be different. Um, better. Yeah, I think it'll be better and it'll also enable the future growth of the club and all the things around surrounding the club. So it's very much watch this space. Um, I mean, you've seen what we've been doing, the, the next level league, obviously we've got hashtag well, and, I mean, and the academy playing. It makes playing sense that there's going to be a, a football league on YouTube because people love watching it. Mm. Um, or, yeah. or on a new app. But mm. for me personally, if I'm you, the idea of owning a football club and, and it's one that you created and been building it and like, like um, at the end of the day, what AFC Wimbledon have been able to accomplish, yeah. like they didn't have what he, he, you've got behind you, like you you could do more than they, and they're already so right he, away. He's, he's my thought on it, right? I agree with you, and that's where I was certainly when we started it. And that's I've always, if you if you'd asked me for the last ten years, what's one thing I want to do in my life? I've never, I would never been able to give you a fixed answer on what I wanted to do as a job. But I'd always told you I wanted to own a football club. I used to, I started our youth team when I was sixteen. I went to get uh, grants from the council so we could pay for it, and I was sixteen years old, sat in front of people so we could do it. Like I've always wanted to have a football club. I've always seen if I'm successful, the end progression is to have a proper football club in a high league, right? Obviously, we're not there yet. The, with hashtag, we have the opportunity to go down that route. I've used that example you said about AFC when we're doing FC United of Manchester and whatnot, Salford City, whatever. Um, there's two ways of looking at it. Yes, you can go down the traditional route. For me, right now at least, what makes hashtag, what makes hashtag so special is this kind of anti-establishment, do things differently, represent a different way of doing football, being able to do things that old football clubs can't do. Could we do that in their pyramid? Probably. But we can also do it outside of that. But secondly as well, you know, for example, FC Wimbledon, what they were really doing is they were rebelling against, and then this is with FC United Manchester as well, the, the court, yeah, and FC United with, with Man U, the corporate and commercialisation of their football clubs, they felt they were no longer what the clubs they wanted to yeah. be. What I'd maybe put to them, and I don't think they did anything wrong, I think what they do is fantastic, but they did it at a time that what we could do now wasn't available. They were rebelling against the system, and all they did was just drop lower down that system. Stayed in the same pyramid. Of yeah, course, they, now they can be fan owned and they can get to the top. I love fan owned clubs. I, I was part of the Real Oviedo thing, and Lawrence was part of that documentary he made as well. Um, the reality is, you're not going to win anything. 
if you if you care about winning, I'm not saying you have to. Some people just love football and, and like their team in the sport non-league, and that's great. But if you want your club to be successful on a big scale, fan owned clubs, I, I could be wrong, but I think it's very unlikely we're ever going to see them win anything on a big scale regularly. So there's that option and there's alternative options Seb mentioned something earlier it's not going to happen but imagine if uh, Ronaldo and Messi for some reason did decide to set up their own league how many people go to La Liga because they get to play with Ronaldo and Messi I'm not saying that how uh, many people watch La Liga for them mm -hmm. as well and let's be honest the money's in the TV deals this is what they so with the whole FIFA stuff that happened a few years ago about a, few, a couple of generations ago there was a Brazilian footballer called Socrates you've probably heard of him and he used his uh, place in football and his following if you like for good in that one time he was playing for I can't remember the Brazilian team but there was the, one of the first democratic elections in a long time in Brazil which had been previously run you know in a, in more of a uh, so you're going to go into politics more, no I'm not but what I'm saying is this is what footballers could do he um, got his fans he said he was linked with me to Juve and he said I won't go to Juve if you guys all go and vote yeah. and he, he didn't tell them who to vote for he just said vote because the people enough people weren't voting and they're worried it's going to fall back into a totalitarian state. He got record numbers to go out and vote. He <laughs> actually goes to Juve anyway, right? Wow. The point was that he used his footballing position for for good. The original and Brexit. Something you could so. you <laughs> could get people to do that. Like you, when all the FIFA stuff went down, let's just imagine Ronaldo and Messi had this real strong moral sense of obligation, and they went, you know what, we're actually not going to stand for this anymore. We're not going to play in any of these tournaments that you guys run until you do this and that. They could have either made huge change happen, in my opinion, because they would have got everyone behind them, or they, if they wanted to get really full mental, they could have just started their own league. Yeah. Um, all I'm trying to say is, whatever route we go down, one route would allow us the option to be the representation of everything that's wrong with football and like fixing it, and one route would just mean we have to play by their rules. So we haven't decided yet. No, I just think there's so many um, things within football that everybody who lives and breathes it, like fans and whatever, would really love to see happen, but the way the game is set up, it will be impossible. So like, for how long it's taken for video replays to kick in, mm. like Hashtag United could have video replays tomorrow if we had the budget to do it, for example, and like for half a million people would see it. Um, you could you could decide that they could have four quarters instead of a half. If you thought that was right for football, it is really exciting to have the opportunity to do, you know, to be more in control. But the one thing I'll say about Hashtag to clear one thing up, all the games are 100% authentic. We have FA qualified refs. It's 90 minutes. The refs We're sometimes have shockers. That's yeah, what they do in the Premier football. League. That's, football. that's because you bribe them. That's why we pay them. Mm. But no, the, uh, the point is that they have shockers both ways. We've had we've yeah. had games recently, some of which haven't gone on YouTube. We got a penalty given. It's a bit spoiler. A penalty was given against us in a game we played the other weekend, which is the most ridiculous decision yeah, I've ever crazy, seen in my life. Crazy. But it happens. It, it, for me, I, I was thinking about what kind of legacy I want to live behind, and I know you're operating on a long term trajectory is that what you said yeah, yeah and, uh, just a long word and he always looks at me after track. he says the long word and so goes trajectory in all seriousness <laughs> like I don't know like the thought of you having a football club in fucking league one or something like you will have break, broken down barriers and proven what is possible like that, that would be unbelievable just to get there it, you're saying you want it to be successful what, but to me success is what, that. what I do find unusual is there's a lot of journalists who write about football on a daily basis and sort of fetishise, um, you know, back in 1892, a load of guys got together and they set up their own team and were bloody <coughs> that team's Liverpool, isn't it? That's inspirational, isn't it? But now when someone tries to set a team up, they go, trying to cash in, trying it's to get... like YouTube. 
Yeah. So people started YouTube 10 years ago and got this guy grinded it when no one was getting any money, no one was watching, look at him now. And then new people come out on YouTube and they go, oh, because he wants to be a YouTuber. What, which, yeah. which avenue would you, you, do you think would bring more money? Do you think it would be the... <laughs> yeah, I love how you think oh that's success. No, of course. <laughs> more money. So, no, I can be honest right now, that's what, what I would do, whatever yeah, brings yeah. more money. No, okay, the thing that. is, that is kind of what I'm trying to rebel against in many ways. Like, I'm not trying to say we can't be profitable, and we can't make money in the future. I'd love that, it'd be great, brilliant. But I have said to Seb many times, I'm gonna repeatedly make decisions to this football club which don't make commercial sense. And he has to be prepared for that because I want us to be, I want us to be a certain thing. I want us to do a certain things. I want us yeah. to represent certain things. And that might not re always result in money coming 100%, in. 100%, for example, Spencer would have an idea for a show whether it's the Academy or the US tour. And in traditional sense, you know, it takes, um, a TV show going to do X Factor whatever they'd go out and maybe take six months a year to raise all the money and then do it at that time Spencer would decide he wants to do it and he wants to do it in a month and that might not mean we have enough time to get the sponsorships in but he's decided he wants to do it and he backs it and that's like that's, that's well, the Hashtag Academy yeah. we didn't have a sponsor right, exactly. you'll notice so you know obviously we make some money back on the monetization, but we spent a lot lost a lot of money financially yeah. on that series but what you can't um, what you can't count for is the intangible uh, like uh, spike in interest in Hashtag exactly. United yeah. that gives you and also you know, call that a lost leader in business though. Right. Yeah. I think that's what a lot of people aren't willing to in the video industry aren't willing to make is the amount of people I go into meetings they go how do we make profit off this video and you're like that's not what this video is about yeah. the number of people will come to your business they'll become aware of it and then they'll probably do business and now because you can of that. go to a company with the whole Hashtag Academy series and say look this is what we did yeah. can you sponsor the next we, series we committed to doing the US tour a long time before we had a sponsor and we were writing checks for that and paying for things long before we knew we were going to get any money back for it so it's, it's a testament to Seb's work that we ended up getting a sponsor for it but if we hadn't it still would have happened it does and, go on I was going to say it does sound a lot like um, you uh, I mean first of all you sound fucking difficult to work with if you <laughs> Um, secondly, it, yeah, um, it, it does sound a lot like you're almost like uh, you are quite inspired by people like Bob Dylan who didn't quite sort of go down that road of, well, we'll go, you know, I'll have a commercial album and then I'll do it this way and then I'll do it that way. It does there's, sound like there's stuff out there. Yeah, Bob Dylan's like my favourite guy, by the way. But, um, <laughs> what, uh, no, I, I don't watch your vlogs. <laughs> uh, no, but you know what I mean? Like, there's, it, it does sound like you're quite inspired by that side of things. And I think there are quite a few people who are beginning to go down that route and certainly or at least they're becoming more inspired well, by those it people. It's, it, like, it's not anything new. I'm not like, asking for any credit from this. I'm just, I've always wanted to make content like yeah. this. When I had no money whatsoever, I followed East Thurrock with a little camera, filmed everything myself, edited everything myself, tried to make it as cool and engaging as possible. I've got money to spend now, so why would I not make that better? Yeah. That's all it is. If we can get a sponsor, that means I'm not paying for it with my own money. Fantastic. But the sponsor's got to be the right kind of sponsor. It's yeah, got to exactly. not take away from the footage. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they don't, aren't an option, so I say, no, we'll pay for it. Mm -hmm. But... And this isn't like, we've got no issues with anyone um, or like, you know, bad blood between any of the other teams and things. Well, exception of one maybe. But the, uh, the, there is, there's teams out there that have come about which have looked at our, our way of doing things and they're looking to sort of, and I would probably be doing the same thing. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. The difference is these guys need the money first. So, so they either need someone to show you can make money, which I think is what we've done outside of just making content that gets views. I think we've maybe shown a slightly more commercial side to it. But also there is uh, a, th a thought process that, you know, <coughs> I didn't come into it with a budget or a certain amount of money given to me that I go, right, we'll run this. It was all on a feeling. I never yeah. at any point, even now, have gone and written down what we've lost and what we've spent. Yeah. It's just been right, we can afford to do it, so let's do it or let's not do it. Um, other people will come into it with a lump sum of money, maybe investors or whatever, and they've got, a project they want to do, which is no different to how Copper Knightley worked, for example, no. so most of this industry works, 
The difference thing is, as you know, the day you do stuff like that, you have goals and objectives. If you don't hit, people lose their jobs. Mm. If you don't hit, some, th- these sometimes things... I just look at some people still in jobs in these offices and think, how the fuck has this happened? But let's also be quite uh, frank about that as I'm well. I'm going to tell all about them soon. <laughs> and that's the day that I'm really looking forward to that podcast. <laughs> <laughs> There's. Christ. There's also a uh, a side where a lot of the management of those teams tend to be so money oriented and so f- money focused, and they don't make themselves that buffer zone which allows there to be that creative spark in YouTube. And there's so many people like we need to hit these margins, we need to hit this, we need to make a video which is going to do so many X views so we can sell it to you know Dove or whoever or Nivea or some sort of skincare brand because everyone wants to do a skincare brand, and then and it it hampers the creative side. And suddenly you you get a team that isn't creative. They're just trying to make something which is going to get 100,000, 200,000 yeah. views or every week do the same amount. And it kills an office full of people who are like, well, I came with a load of ideas that you probably could monetize. But it kills all that. Because you almost don't want to put your idea into like, it. I, I yeah. know a YouTube yeah. channel mm-hmm. that shall remain nameless who um, the top guy is not not no experience with football or YouTube. To be he's, fair, you could be talking about a lot of YouTube. He's the guy in charge. <laughs> The guy beneath the two guys beneath him, no experience football or YouTube, no experience football or YouTube. They're the ones who are running the channel. The guy right at the bottom loves football, loves YouTube, loads of ideas, never gets a fucking chance to say what you I mean, that's obviously why a lot of your ideas are now being put on your channel and not other channels. Do you know? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not unfamiliar with that, that system, but the thing is, um, that's a large part of the way the industry works in general. The difference is, for the first time probably with YouTube at least, is the creators, the actual talent, if you like, are the people with the, the, the sign the checks. Mm-hmm. That wasn't the case before in traditional TV. It was like, I'm a presenter, mm-hmm. I'm a thing, I'll come and do this for you. It's all, the finances are worked out, then great, hopefully people will watch it. Now people are buying into, at least in some cases, a creator who, once you get to a certain point, can go and make these things. That's what I'm sort of saying to my audience, I guess, is like, you know, I'm not trying to take anything away from anyone else on the platform, but for me, if I sustain what I'm doing now or it gets bigger or whatever, it's all going to go back into it. Yeah. Of course, of course we're going to pay ourselves, but I'm not I mean, buying ideally. fancy cars and I'm not you know, doing these things which I certainly could do because I don't want to. I actually want to make the videos. But that is what I find quite interesting about you at the moment because I've definitely seen you, like, you quite public. I mean, obviously you and I chat anyway, but like, you quite publicly struggle with the fact that sometimes you struggle to pull the massive amount of views towards your videos that maybe you think they deserve and a lot of people I think that know you comment on the fact that you make such quality videos and then sometimes they don't get the views that you wanted in the first place there are mm. some videos where you've, you've ended up editing a video and be like this is my best video yet and then it goes out and you know not all the people you want to see it it must be hard because yeah. you're doing Casey Neistat quality videos mm. your brother is pulling in hundreds of thousands and then it's like well you know you're frustrated do you ever feel like that yeah, I mean, massively. I think um, until pre- actually quite recently, I used to get quite down about it. Like oh. I, I put like three to four, five days a week into an edit. I'd like d- grade it. I'd go back over it. And I'd re-edit it. I'd re-grade it. I'd add. I'd do like an own sound mix. I'd put loads of work into it. I'd put it up, and then like a video I did before. You know what? Actually, a lot of people. I get a lot of comments being like, "Are you ever going to weekly vlog again?" Which is just a style of video I did where I sort of did like a highlights reel of my week. Mm. Those those videos were something I did because I wanted to make sure I was getting content out every week. Um, I didn't necessarily put as much creative um, input into them. I really didn't think about how they were going to come out. So when I put like a week into a video that I think is one of the best things I've ever made, and people comment when a weekly vlog is coming back, I think well I've I've got this all wrong. Like I'm looking at this in the wrong way, which I, I think is my biggest issue. Is that I 
now I'm more about the content. I don't worry about the views as much. But I had a point where, I was, like I said, I was getting a bit down about it. But I don't think the way that I think uh, my understanding of how YouTube works now, or the way that they're trying to put it in, is that they want you to watch the content quick. As soon as you see it, watch it. And then their whatever their systems in place encourages that massively. So my my content is very much like he's uploaded a new video. I don't have to watch it right now. I know it's there. I'll come back in a few days and maybe watch it. That doesn't benefit my sort of uh, the sort of creator at all. Because if you do that, you're not hitting that threshold that's needed. It's not going to get seeded out to suggested videos, your audience, whatever. So I've got a big struggle with that at the moment. But like I said earlier, I'm just now just focusing on trying to make the best content and so how do you intend to put that right uh, there's very little I can do with how whether which of my videos get shown to certain people there's Although a difference though there's a difference between Saunders and say another YouTuber in that Saunders actually has, has uh, I don't want to like do anyone else an injustice but Saunders has a, a justifiable talent which is monetizable in many different ways. Yeah. So a lot of people on YouTube, who, and we're all in this game, because everyone has had other jobs. That's part and parcel of being a certain age. Mm -hmm. A lot of people on YouTube, it's all they know. And so they have to make YouTube work. So they find a way. Sometimes they might do things which aren't the morally the best right? thing to do, but they make themselves make money from YouTube. Saunders is talking about yeah. his channel here, maybe sometimes being dissatisfied a bit, but what he's not painting the picture of is that he gets to do some really cool job, not just for us, but other Definitely. people, because he's very good at what he does. That, and Saunders could sack off his channel tomorrow if he wanted to, and do really, really well in a career, and make a lot of money if that's what he wanted to do, because he's genuinely that good at what he does. He chooses to do both, because he can. But so he's not, like, the YouTube thing, you know, there's loads of different things he could do in the future, but the point of the matter is, I guess, it's not his only outlet, whereas for some people mm -hmm. it is. There is. There's one thing that I've definitely experienced in the last year or so that I would I, I would feel very responsible to actually tell people that it's not really about views, all about views, that you can still get really good opportunities by the quality of your content. So yeah. those days are definitely not behind us like it would it would seem that they are. Mm. The, my, the best opportunities I've got have come in the last year where probably my views are at perhaps potential compared to where they were or where they have been in previous content they get lower views based on certain different types of content but I'm getting the best opportunities so that's because I think there is a shift now with the sort of uh, sort of brands and stuff that I've worked with for sure they they want the quality the well, views yeah, are one you thing you can but give them a the video quality. that looks the dog's bollocks do you yeah. know what I mean it looks amazing um, I guess I, after having Alfie on that sort of opened my eyes of like Alfie makes a content about his everyday life and he openly says, I don't give a shit about the quality, I just want to film my life. And there's, and there's times where he literally just go to the fucking shops, you know, yeah. having a wander in the park, laying in his fucking garden, just chilling out. And his fucking garden. No, but the point is, is, is Saunders is out there, like, and he makes videos, I'm like, fuck it. There's so much of it, this, not you know? to take away from Alfie, I don't know him, I've, I've met him once very quickly. What he does, he obviously gets away with, but he's a, his, con his audience are happy with that because of the investment they have in him. A new person coming out about now, would no one would ever find out about. Yeah, so that's, so, that's so Alfie, is, Alfie is forced, uh, this is the thing that, and this is what I give him credit for, is he's forged a relationship over years yeah. and years yeah. and every day. You're seeing this kid, you grow, they grow to love this kid. It's almost like he's one of the family and he can't get away with that because he was one he, of the first. He feels like one of the family. Mm. Saunders, you've come in at a later date where now you're competing with uh, Casey Neistat and people like that, and you can, you've got that ability. But it, it is going to be difficult for you to reach those massive numbers now, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I, I 
I mean, I don't know how it will change or if it will change at all in terms of like how the platform works and things, but I would say that my ability um, use making the content that I make and want to make is next to impossible for me to get to the super YouTube stardom level. Mm. But I, that's not what I'm trying to achieve at all. Mm. Like, I, I would very much be happy going forward to continue to get the opportunities I get to do. And I don't want to make million, millions and millions of pounds of it. All I want to do is be able to fund the next trip, the next bit of content. If mm -hmm. I can do that for the rest of my life, do experience, film it, be able to do whatever from that to do the next one, I'm a happy man, that's it. Life, so life you are really good. a traditional proper creator. Yeah, he really is, yeah. I, yeah. I, I take a lot of pride. Like, he actually went and does study, even I didn't even do this, he actually studied filmmaking at whatever university, uh -huh. straight out of, shows, straight out of uni, went to actually well, not get even, in those industries. Not even outside of yeah, uni. Yeah, in uni. During, uh, much to a lot of criticism I got from a lot of friends, and I actually, there's a, for socially, I, I had a massive fallout and loss from doing this, but I worked... Well, do you mean you fell out with people? No, no, as in like um, I, I missed out on a lot of social opportunities oh, right, and, yeah. uh, and maybe building uh, friendships to a level that I could have. Because <coughs> I, I worked through my last two years of uni as well uh, in a uh, video production company in Norwich is where I went to university. Um, and so that means that every time there was a university break, you know, summer, Easter, Christmas stuff, I would work more because I wanted to learn more and be able to get a more content behind me and a bit more of a portfolio but I missed out on a lot of big uni parties big like holidays with mates and stuff but I think I learned a lot more that I wouldn't have until maybe even this yeah. point but that's why you're at a point now at your age you know where you know, we get asked to shoot other people's football content for them Yeah, we're not that sort of production company like we have our own things that we make but Cause, and that's all low, mostly down to this guy and his credit due mm -hmm. to him at 25 years old starting hashtag stuff when he's like 23, 24 making stuff which has got a lot of you know got money behind it it's got people behind it and he's running the show mm -hmm. you wouldn't have necessarily done that at other places but you yeah. came out of uni yeah. with expertise that 22 year olds wouldn't so have so your immediate your immediate goals are to create more videos on your own channel while running the hashtag behind the scenes as I mean, well. my, my YouTube channel is very much just a, an outlet at the moment to oh. have somewhere to put the videos like if there was another system that came up yeah. it, it w i wouldn't be like oh no i've got to be on, i have to be on youtube i mean no, the, you're a creator. The, the audience is there at the moment and i want to reward so what's them the, is there an around. end goal in i mean i don't like i said i don't really have like my end goal is just to, I, I the only goals i ever set myself um bigger goals was how many countries i would do by a certain age so i wanted mm. to do 30 before i was i originally it was 30 before 30 and I did 30 before I was 20. Mm. So now it's 40 before 30 and I'm two away. With 30, and so I'm two away from 40. Could you do 50? And I'm, I'm doing one this weekend. So by two weeks time, I would have got 40, hopefully. If it's pretty decent. You've got more places than I have. Things. And probably him as well. So if I can get anywhere near 100 by the time I die, then I'm happy. I mean, it's not just I'll about like ticket. I do have particular yeah. rules. I can't just tick it off if you do like a layover in an airport. You have to actually be in a place. Right. So like if I was, say, say I drove from uh, France to Germany, and I stopped off via Liechtenstein, or stopped off via Austria or something. Exactly. If I didn't, if I did, yeah, weird route. But if Austria, I didn't, fair enough. if I didn't actually stop in that country and, uh -huh. and explore it and enjoy it a little bit, then that doesn't count. I can't take that off. Trust me, there's a lot more layers to someone as people know. Like yeah. maybe one of the reasons where his YouTube channel doesn't go in the way some people see because a lot of it's personality based, right? So all his personalities got a lot more size than you know. When we were kids, Sony went for about four different personalities in the space of about five <laughs> years. He started <laughs> off as an army madman. Not joking. If you went into his room at one point. 
there was at least 37 weapons within reach of like his bed. Mm. He had a, he had a full-on sniper rifle, um, bullet BB gun. Had a laser sight. I used to go in the woods when he wasn't there. He doesn't even know. I used to do this with my mates and take my mates out in the woods with his bloody sniper rifle, BB gun. He had like fucking swords. He had all sorts. And then he got rid of all that. Stopped doing the army. And he became an absolute music man. Can play dr- drums. See, can why do you think you went through all these phases? Long hair. Um, I, I, I don't know. But you wouldn't play football with us. Yeah, you know what? That's actually funny too. I think when I was very young, I wanted to, all I wanted to do was what you weren't doing, that two of you weren't doing. To be doing. different. Yeah, because I wanted to sort of like stand out and stuff. Um, and now it's like molded around that I've joined we football. All, we all just come together. You all do complete each other. You're a bit like, you know, when the Power Rangers all come together. <laughs> Megazord. Yeah, so yeah. you sort of, if, if Saunders jumps on your back and then Seb sort of comes on the front, that would be... Seb can go Megazord on top. But you don't see the lightest. He's the monkey, you know what I mean? But yeah. Spencer doesn't seem to have the middle child thing. You seem to have got that more than Spencer did, the one who wanted to stand out a bit from the, by, by what you're saying anyway. I don't I'm know. Like, like, I, mean, I wouldn't say I'd like to stand out like in, in a public. Thing. I'm, now, I'm actually like, quite reserved. Oh, that's but then he would also go out and sing songs though. in front of his old school and stuff and absolutely smash mm. it. Like he's a very good singer. Guitar, drums, Mustang Sally was one of his favourite. Really? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> would you ever do it without a PA system? Don't give it to these guys an exclusive. One day on your channel you've got to belt that stuff out. You know what, actually, Samira, my girlfriend, she found that video you filmed at Grandad's. Oh really? It's still on YouTube. I can't even find it if I search for it. I don't know how she found it. We, you know, I mean, this is a. Oh, I don't even want to tell her about this. Why, what is it? Gangster acoustic. Uh, right. um, I, I think it's We basically had. As soon as I went on this Britain's Got gold, Talent. by the way. As soon as I this went on gold. Britain's Got Talent. What? Uh, t- as an acoustic rap duo. Right. Give the real name. He. Spencer Saunders. No, no, no. <laughs> before, before, before that. Oh, students of Attitude. SWA. Students of Attitude. SWA. I wasn't even a student at the time. We, uh, we, we. It'll be in the archives somewhere. He'd play the guitar and sing, and I'd rap. Right. didn't. To a decent level. Very much ahead of our time, I think. What kind of raps are we talking here? Are we talking like Jake Paul? Right, but not. Gangster or conscious rap? Are you a conscious rapper? No, so a lot of them are covers. Right. We did a Bob Dylan cover, which I was quite happy with. Subterranean. We rap, but that wasn't a rap. That was more like yeah. Right. We rewrote re- it. So okay. Subterranean. Subterranean homesick <laughs> blues. Brilliant. Improved it. Yeah. Yeah. So we've really gotten a lot out of Spencer. Way more contemporary. Bob Dylan's Subterranean homesick blues. Ours was suburban heartbreak blues. Right. And we changed the phrases a little bit. Uh, we did. A, we had one other song. I wrote original rap to go on the top of that gives you hell song. Yeah. And um, uh, walking on sunshine. This is your walking like shoulder dancing, isn't it? Like, the rest of eighties. This has become the, the audio book. Can we get yeah. the footage? <laughs> Our prime was probably F2, two because they actually were successful on Britain's Got Talent. They could pull a couple of strings. Oh, Jerry like, was. Billy did go. We'll get the old. Um, I, we 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 footage. we didn't get through Britain's Got Talent audition. Yeah, that we just made me. that clear. Really? He, he messed it up. He, he ruined it. What I love is that they probably finished and they went, "You've not got through." And Spencer goes. I am also a comedian. And they go, no. <laughs> 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 yeah. you, do you know how sometimes they give parting shots when they don't get through? Did you say to them, I will one day own a football club? Yeah. So uh, just no, just hope you know that. Yeah. We, uh, we did magic. By was your mum there? No, it's yeah. just us. She it? loves a good game show, doesn't she? Uh, mom, I yeah. say, honestly, a podcast my mum, you would you would get so much entertainment out. What is, yeah. what is your mum think of... I mean, she must be loving the fact that you all work together and it's all like a family thing and she's so. happy about that. Yeah. Well, yeah, she does, but the problem is with it is, is like, you know, so she never had a daughter, so we we're all boys, so right. there's not a lot of shared interests necessarily. We all love football, our dad's involved in it as well. So, for example, when we were in the America tour, we also <coughs> failed during Mother's Day. All four, three of her sons and her husband are away. She's alone. It's not ideal, yeah. is it? Like, Did we, you make her a, a video full of 
quotes. <laughs> no, not yet. No, it's a shame. Not yet. Yeah, but, but both our parents are very, very, very supportive oh, of what we yeah. do. Like, I think, I think uh, my mum specifically, she's like my publicist. Like, if I ever put a video out, she starts oh, seeing well, it. My mum's on every, every like, video. Yeah. Alaska tourism is like, you should check out this video <laughs> in the Facebook page. Yeah, she's she's, she's the one spamming all the comments. Yeah, yeah. She's, <laughs> a, she's a legend. I've met her. She's, she mostly she's got just a comments, huge personality. She, she mostly just comments nonsense under my videos, though. All of them are fair. She set up all the different accounts as yeah. well. She's so simple. Eggs. She is football Twitter. Yeah, right, yeah. We've got a couple, yeah. Right, so we've got a few more tweets. Um, will there be another Wembley Cup? I hope so. Uh, it's quite late in the year now, so if yeah. it's going to happen, there'll be an announcement very, very soon. Wow. But we don't physically, uh, I, I can't just, say yes. I, I, I can't say yes, but I've had an email. I, I can't legally say. say yes. We can't confirm anything, but I've had an email. So can I be involved if there is one? I just I, I said I've had an email. <laughs> right, sorry. They didn't CC you in, did they? That's a good point. Yeah, oh, they would have sorry. CC'd Mark Bryce on that one. <laughs> <laughs> I can't confirm Mark Bryce won't be attending. Right. This year. <laughs> That's not true. Um, how often do you just fall out, brothers? Oh God. I mean, it's um, it's. When was the last time you had a really like bad argument? I, I would say this, and you can interject if you like. But I would right? say, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you disagree, I would say that the only issues is the balancing act. The same with me and Alex as well is not talking about work all the time, which is very hard, even if you're meeting in a social setting. Yeah. Um, but if we ever have a falling out, I wouldn't say we have a falling out, but sometimes we might not see eye to eye, or sometimes we might. Look, it's, it's work right? <coughs> on a personal level I personally very rarely fall out with these boys when we were kids I hated him oh, yeah. he probably hated me but, yeah. but Seb told me like sort of because he is more like uh, money driven than what you are like there's times he'd say that you'd like reject the deal and he'd be like sure you want to do that no, to be fair he's pretty good he knows yeah. he knew when he got he on board what I was like yeah. Yeah, yeah. when did you uh, jack in your old job and go full time so it's, it's interesting basically the solar panel industry has had a, a subsidy right so everyone was really really crazy for it four or five years of really good business yeah. it's so crazy how it works the day that that subsidy got reduced so the business had to change dramatically Spence was actually out of my house downstairs his internet had gone down He's in my house. I remember coming downstairs to my home panels. office and I was like, oh, mate, you're not going to believe this. Like, my company's going to really drastically change. No, and wait, that day, Spencer was like, well, funny you should say that. I actually want to talk to you about maybe coming to help move some bits. And I was like, okay, talk to me. Yeah. And then um, that was basically the beginning of it all. We're going to go door to door and perform YouTube videos to people. <laughs> <laughs> it's a rough day, right. Bob Dylan. You're going to love it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. He wrapped his dick. That's going to hold you now. That's going to have a gift. This is really good. <laughs> so bad. Uh, you don't um, get that anywhere else. I'm not ashamed that we tried a lot of did things. Any you, did any of you feel like you were the favourite out of the pair, but between the parents, was there like ever one where you're like, he's always getting there? I used to feel like he got away with murder personally. Yeah. I can remember, yeah. and you know this is rubbish, right? He used to. So I had a chip on my shoulder because I went to school really far away. Uh-huh. So at one point, I used to have to get up at six thirty, get taken to the train station. I'd either get some different routes, but sometimes it'd be like two trains and a bus or whatever, hour and a half to school, or whatever. He used to go to school one bus journey away when he was in his army cadets phase he'd go off to school he'd go in army cadets he, he, he told my mum he was legally not allowed to travel on the bus in <laughs> army in army uniform he did an army uniform because I think we're at war so I have to be picked up Christ, and I'd be sorry, like sorry I think we're at war you know, you know actually I, I definitely I think I remember saying that for sure but there were 
I had twisted it for definitely. Yeah. But there was something we were told about you you can only travel to and from. Yeah, yeah, but that was like if you went out on a Saturday and it you were just coming home from yeah, it. Yeah, it was and you were like, I can't I mean, get the bus, mum, you have to come and get me and I was like, it worked. I can get the bus because I worked, get six buses. It worked a lot. It did yeah, work. It did work. Uh, someone's asked um, quite war. Do you have any security on nights out because a lot of these YouTubers okay. seem to do these days? I don't really go on nights out, is the honest answer. We went, we went on a night out in Jersey, didn't we? We went to Jersey recently for a YouTube game with Chris MD's team. It's really cool. And yeah. that was the first night out I've had in a long time, probably since the America tour, to be honest. Um, no, but no, definitely not. Like, it's not like that at all. I don't know. If, um, some of the bigger guys, maybe, yeah, they would have to do that, but it's not really like that for us. Jack Dean, a.k.a. Jack, mate, for you, Saunders. Oh, yeah. Could have just texted you, but... Like, <laughs> Could have texted do, any of us. Does Saunders ever feel gutted that he doesn't get the play for hashtag? Ooh, I get, I've got this question a few times. I did an Instagram Live the other day, and this was question was asked about 90 times. Um, How original, well, when we first When we first uh, started the whole thing, you gave me the choice, didn't you? You said, look, do you want to play or do you want to be the production side of it? Um, and I went with the production side of it because that's a bit I'm passionate about. But I think that's a good call because I reckon about three games in, I probably wouldn't get called out to play <laughs> So I think I made a good, a really good shout. And I, I do take, like, in all honesty, I do take a hell of a lot of pride in like the production stuff of it. It's so. all well and good, like me sitting in and going, someone is really good and all that. But the point is this, from a football level, we all started football later than each other. He started when he was really young. I started when I was early teenagers. And he started Crazy when he was about 20. He started playing football, basically. Yeah, yeah. He didn't play football at all from his childhood. And, <coughs> but he got into it now, obviously. But it wasn't like... It's not like... People may sometimes think it's like, I'm making him film it. It's his job. He gets paid to do it. He, uh -huh. he deserves to be. because There's no one else I'd rather pay to do it. Not because my brother, because I think he's the best at it. Uh -huh. But... So, and we say it, it sounds a bit sycophantic, but he's one of the most important people in the team. It must be quite we've easy got, for We've you got though. 30 like, guys we could put yeah. on the team every week. After cutting what you him. cut for your own channel, which like seems quite complex, a, a football match, is it quite easy by comparison? Um, I mean, it's, it's very different. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's any easier because there's other challenges involved in yeah. it. You know, I, I think the the hashtag edits have a lot of like um, after effects like motion graphics and stuff in and sometimes that can be a bit of a chore because it's just like so much data yeah. going through that that usually takes the longest more than actually cutting out the highlights in terms of like physical time it takes um, but no, I wouldn't say it's any easier it's just it's just different and cool. sometimes that the, we have to turn them around quite quickly as well so it's even added challenge that way as well oh, cool story for everyone he did also play at Upton Park though he did play yeah, the um, the news thing that I've got behind me on the football hangover. Got it from Saunders. Of the day, yeah. Aye, so claim the fame fight. <laughs> yeah. Can I just one more on that question? Andy Spencer's brother. So <laughs> there's one thing I I do want to say. Um, you already touched upon it. It isn't at all just me that that do that make hashtag yeah. the production of it work. Yeah, like, yeah. There is a lot of other people involved. Yeah. Um, Glenn and Robbie, who are two guys I live with, they're they're pretty much and Ash actually. That those three guys are pretty much on every shoot and yeah. it's only when someone yeah. can't do Glenn's it Glenn's a good lad isn't and he? They also had, a, had a night out with Glenn before yeah. good lad yeah. bit too handsome though to go on a night out with yeah, Hide right. hideously attractive yeah he's, well. he's re it's sort of annoying because I've got the big lad thing but he's he's a big lad and he's handsome yeah and he's Fucking and he's also lady. a really nice guy yeah. like there's yeah. he's almost yeah, yeah he's, so they, they also played only a, two things we've got in common then big and handsome they also played a big part in the academy series yeah. Yeah, as well like, there's a, a segment of it where you were away travelling and they stepped up massively with a lot of that so we've got we're really lucky we've got like a core group of guys that are there pretty much rain or shine and then when they can't make it we've got a few other boys we put in Boltwood's involved as well isn't he yeah. Boltwood's involved Ad, Ad, Adam was uh, as a, the production side of it Adam was 
essential in that academy thing because he really yeah. helps get it I mean, let's all go together talk, yeah. but we're going to get him on at um, some point you know. but, um, yeah so just to confirm I don't film all four cameras for people that keep <laughs> oh, yeah. asking me <laughs> if I do I don't just like I can both cameras that's this guy got three, really got cool. one guy on three. Yeah, I'm a big fan of this little slider. I think this is great. The slider that we have is amazing. We should have one of them going along the pitch like they have in rugby. Yeah, you don't need to mention him because he was in the last podcast anyway. Yeah, he was. He cut himself. It, it, is, it is robotic as well. He isn't actually doing anything. Yeah, yeah. because originally, yeah. if you go back to earlier on in the series, it was human operated. We actually worked here a long time ago, didn't we? What was the thing we worked on? Um, the thing we duck and cover, Chloe. Duck and cover, that was years ago. Yeah, I remember. Cause I knew him before you. When you went to Newcastle. Uh, yeah. I was busy then. It's incredible, really, because our original... So he's the original camera guy, and then he went away for a period of about six weeks, and we had what I would describe as pop, probably one of the worst cameramen of all time. And <laughs> oh, It was the edit that he was really bad at. Yeah, he wasn't me. only bad at the edit, he was awful at the slide. He, he edited and one it, podcast five times, and then we, we actually filmed another podcast that he sent back that was... And I just said, just scrap it. So we've yeah. actually done one more podcast than it's actually uh, there, but I, I just think couldn't scrapped. be bothered to have to wait for him to get the... Because it, it would have been Christmas by the time we got the other uh, it, We've scrapped three podcasts in the time that we did together. They were guests, so or they just you two ones? It was just me two on that one. We were thankfully, talking about Donald Trump. Yeah, so. and we thankfully we, we scrapped that because... Um, that would come back to the it, it was a shit show. Anyway, it's hard to, to find good editors, but um, yeah. do you know what I mean? That's why. Luckily, you've got your blood there. Brother, I wish I had a girlfriend. Brother. That's what yeah. I did, mate. Girlfriend. Oh. So, did she take an interest from the very start? Or is that. So, could she edit before? Were you to like, uh, you try editing? You train her up and that. Train her up, mate. She, she, we had a spelling Alex channel, didn't we? So, we still <laughs> do. And she. Uh, she I couldn't do it all anymore so I was like look if you want to keep doing Spen Alex I want to do it but you have to learn to edit so she, she, I taught her to edit very, very briefly she improved and improved and improved to the point where she was more than good enough to edit some of the stuff I was doing so she quit her job do you feel quite proud it's all in the book mate who's, yeah. who's, who's the best looking who's the best looking who's the best looking brother Depends what you're into. It's pretty, pretty yeah, weird yeah. for us to answer that question. It depends what you're yeah, into. I mean, who are you almost attracted to of the three of you? <laughs> I, tell, I will say this. If you see pictures of Saunders before the age of about five, oh, yeah. he's like a joke. Gorgeous. Yeah. Like a Brad Pitt, super happened? blonde hair, Daniel very fast. tanned. Uh, yeah. He's still got a better tan than me, but he used to be like really, really tanned. You I'd do like, retain I'd the tan. Milky blonde I think I was Adam and he was adopted for a long time. One of your lads who've got one of the FIFA boys, hashtag Tass. Is it contractual that they have to have a hashtag in their name then? Not contractual, contractual, but optional and uh, recommended. Encouraged, yeah. <laughs> Encouraged. Often frowned upon if you don't. He's asking uh, who is his favourite FIFA player at hashtag United. Wow. <laughs> Personally, I, I, I like um, Dirty Mike. Oh yeah, hashtag Mike. Hashtag Mike. I wonder why. He, yeah, no, he, he, he rebranded into hashtag Mike. Good, hashtag Mike's actually a nice guy. Yeah. They're all nice kids. They're all really good guys. Um, Harry, I had the most history with because we found him in the Game Academy. So I love the fact that we met him there. And, I, and Harry's also a very uh, different member of the esports community. Like mm. he's making, it gets a lot of uh, following and fans from the fact that he's a bit more of the, a bit more of a lad, if he's you like. Lad, like this weekend league they brought in this year, he has to play forty games every weekend. He's playing it. Hungover on his mate's TV. I'm like, definitely get him on. I'll make, 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 definitely get him on. I'll make
200,000, I think, that the winner. Yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah. <laughs> I'm that, yeah. No, no, it's not. It's just 100k. I'm spending at his yeah. 100k. Uncle Spenny, as he calls the ways, count these off. Are we going to pay these guys' wages allowing them to play these? Scrooge McFucking Duck, LA, yeah. The point is that someone's going to win a lot of money in the FIWC next year. That's more than 10 times what it was last year. So yeah. I think what it is next year. If you wanted to ever talk about esports, Harry would be a good person to get on. But just to finish, Tass also has smashed it this year competitively. Uh, is it weird when you're watching these FIFA games where there's such high stakes though? Because like, I've not, I watched uh, you, you and now Jimmy Conrad uh, were commenting. Shout out, guest. Yeah, shout out to great. Jimmy. Uh, there was some, a bit of bad blood after one of them. They like they can't even look at each other. They really almost oh, hate yeah, each yeah. other by the end. Ta- of these Tass games. won the big regional final in Paris, and the guy wouldn't shake his hand afterwards, which is embarrassing. Wow! Mm. Um, you know, the BBC have signed a contract for esports today. Yeah, yeah. Really? So, so in the big final, is that, involved, that? In, is that involving you? Is it? Not that I know of. <laughs> that's just, that's oh, yeah. Like, yeah. The, final, the work we've been doing has been going on BT Sport and ESPN. I think that's. Is there big money in that commentary stuff now? Is there? Um, depends how good you are. Well, to, no, but I'm thinking. Well, Mark myself, Bright's actually starting a new series. Right? No, I'm thinking. Myself, like, I can't believe they haven't really come my way. But then I, I thought, did recommend you for one ages ago. Do you remember for yeah. Gfinity? Yeah. Turns out that those coins really came back to bite you. The coins thing, yeah. yeah. No, it was the, they weren't offering a lot of money to be honest. Oh, okay. But I, I know that now you're doing so much of it, the money's definitely gone up. So I'm yeah. thinking to myself. Well, it's ten times. What I've it was. done it for a long time. I've done it with Gfinity when there wasn't much money in it at all. Gfinity is now done with um, another guy from Copper Ninety, uh, Tom Deacon. Why would you oh, really? mention other YouTube channels? Will you fucking stop that shit? <laughs> I don't think Tom Deacon's his own channel. He's on um, Capital no. Anyway, moving, moving D- swiftly like, on. Do you remember that character uh, from the Far Show? He plays the. He's like the fake professor. He's like, we get these two al- aluminum test tubes. Oh, yeah, that, yeah, that's yeah, David Mike's yeah. voice. Next yeah. Yeah. Someone, <laughs> given, someone given Saunders credit saying he should have a million subs here. Yeah. Um, here, here. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, I think I have the nicest YouTube comment section. Yeah, Saunders, how would you like to be remembered, mate? Um, I think overall stand up nice guy cultured knows the world and made some bloody good content he came <laughs> rehearsed yeah. I literally like just that came straight from my head really? honestly, yeah. fair play you oh, do make bloody good content and you're a stand up nice guy so you've nailed it you. links in the description thank you very much check out Saunders says Sebi you got anything wow. you want to leave behind I mean I didn't, don't plan on going anyway just yet but mm. um, I mean eventually because what I yeah. think is when people do die this is what they'll drink, they'll use so make a can. The Guardian no will be paying us for this. Yeah, I mean, time. I don't know. I guess I think I'm probably known as being a little bit competitive. I quite like that side of it. I like to be a bit of a battler, whether that's in business or sport. They did it right at golf. Not a bad brother. That'll do. <laughs> and, and a so bloody true. good dad as well, yeah. mate. Yeah, well, yeah. we'll say we'll we'll it's going to be a good So far, so good. A very, uh, you still alive. He's still breathing. The, the funny thing alive. is, right, if you combine all those, you at your child's sports day are going to be one of the worst things that's ever happened. Yeah, yeah. You, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, you meet a sprint now. I'm just looking at dead in the ice pool. It's kill off. You're not first or last. Basically, if you want food tonight, you better win. What about old Spenny? Because uh, uh, you've given this answer before, but I'm wondering if it's different. I don't think you asked me last time. I don't think you were doing it back then. No, we weren't actually. Well, we're not. I, don't think no. I, I must have evolved it since then. Ever changing. To see it improve. Um, God, how would I be remembered? How would you I, like to be remembered, Spencer? I. I don't know. I, I'd like to be remembered as someone who uh, worked hard, tried to make the best things he could with the opportunities he was given, and. Yeah, was 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 was. You know what? The, the big thing is this is a bit deep, but I'm not that fussed if I am remembered anymore. I think a long time ago, if you'd asked me, it was very. I would have had an answer to that. And I'd be like, this is how I want to be remembered. 
and that was my whole MO. And now, obviously, I believe if you do something good, you're going to get remembered regardless. But I just, as long as people are around me and we work with them very hard every day, how would you as long like, as they remember how me, how would you like your guy. brothers to remember you and think of you? I would like to be remembered as the person I think is at the, at the core of my personality, which sometimes doesn't always get to come out as much anymore because of various things we've got going on, as someone who is funny, tries to think positively about situations and has fun with what he does. That's pretty much as deep as it gets. This is it. This is where we all do Kumbaya and just like... Yeah, no, this is where we all... Featuring the Carmichael Brown brothers. I also want to remember that someone never forgets the hashtag. Yeah, that's the hashtag. We'll leave it at that. If you've enjoyed... Having, I mean, which one we're on? I'll just go with this one. If you've enjoyed having the lads on, you thought it was a good episode, hit the like button, leave a comment about the episode, and then don't forget, obviously, to put whatever you think about what Lawrence is the type of guy. And uh, <laughs> stay subscribed. Thanks for watching. See you later. Yeah.